Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the ace. This is our sci-fi movie podcast. I am Peter and my co-host on this trip through space, as the video clearly shows now, um, is Tara. Greetings citizens. And we are working our way through the Terminator franchise. We did Terminator, we did Terminator 2, we did Terminator 3. That was a hell of a ride, that one. Um, (laughs) And we're here for Terminator Salvation today, and we're going to talk about it. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. And here we are. So, Terminator Salvation is interesting, I think. And, I mean, you you were this with Terminator 3, and I was close, but not quite. I think for both of us, we have not seen this since it came out in theaters. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Correct. Right, so... I was really curious because after three, I was like, "Well, it can't be worse than three. Like, it can't be. It has to be better." I don't remember it being that bad. Yeah, three was pretty terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a list of problems. I have a, I have a declaration of problems with Terminator Salvation, but we'll find out if it's actually better or worse than three. Now, it's definitely better than Genesis because Genesis is absolute Batman v Superman level of garbage. So. We'll get to that in a few weeks' time. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's the next one. <laughs> I'm the so next Terminator. excited. <laughs> Did I'm... you redo a review for Genesis? Um, I think it was. I think me and Matt talked about it on what was at the, at the time the 121 podcast, which had like news and stuff. So it wasn't quite like the same as. Okay, well, it's so it's not like a full dedicated review. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, Alex was on that, and Alex passed away in 2015, so I mean, you know, it was a while ago. Oh. So, yeah, uh, so, you know, like it's been a while. Um, and again, I've not seen that since the theaters either. So, um, revisiting that is going to be interesting. It's going to be yeah. interesting. Uh, so, Terminator Salvation, the premise of this, of course, the, the, the one film in the franchise which is entirely set in the future, it's the future war, Christian Bale plays John Connor. We have Sam Willerton as this mysterious character, Marcus, uh, who's, who's new. Basically, we meet young Kyle Reese, played by Anton Yelkin. I actually forgot it was him that was in this, because when the name came up at the start, I was like, oh, he's in this? I don't remember that. No, I knew who he was in it, because it came out the same year as the Star Trek reboot. <laughs> of course, of course. And I was like, who is playing Chekhov, Anton what? And then, oh, he was in Terminator. Okay. Yeah, what a, what a weird um, year 2009 was. 2009 had a new Terminator, a new Star Trek, it had Avatar, Moon, District 9. What? You know, not that all those... Ex- for sci-fi. Yeah, not that every single example there was good, although most of them were. Um, like, yeah, it's an insane year for sci-fi. I don't describe the plot. I guess, it's, you know, there's, there's like, you know, the Resistance has a way they think they can stop Skynet and Marcus is with a young Kyle Reese and then obviously John Connor and Marcus cross paths eventually and uh, we, we, you know, we have things happen. This is what it is. That, that'll do for a synopsis until we get to spoilers. Tara, <laughs> how did you feel watching Terminator Salvation? Um, I'm a little bit conflicted about it, but I think overall I am more on the positive side, probably more positive than you are interesting interesting yeah. i can't wait to hear why you're wrong uh, later in the show um <laughs> but uh no like i i don't hate it like it's better than terminator 3 i will say it i will oh, open yeah. with that it is better than terminator right, 3 <laughs> there are things that are in it that are that are fine there's things that are in it that are good ideas there's executions mm-hmm. i don't think are quite right um 
there's focus that I think is weird. There's like aesthetic problems that I have. There's there's a, there's a lot of things that add up to ultimately feeling kind of like lukewarm on it. Uh, but it's not the worst thing ever, and it's not like right. a complete disaster. So I think that's where I am too. I also have issues with it, like quite a few issues actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think overall, it was a it was a kind of a daring choice for them to do. I understand why they did it. It seems very much like we need a gritty reboot after yeah, after whatever that comedy mess was the last time we made a Terminator film. So let's make it like the Nolan movies and just get Batman in it. <laughs> and just literally and... get Batman, yes. Um, I think yeah, the, the... make the Hurt Locker with uh, John Connor. <laughs> I think the first problem is that They've got Batman, but the director they have is not Christopher Nolan. The director they have is McGee. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, Tristan Bale is a great actor. And I don't think McGee is a terrible director. I think his action is actually pretty good. But he is so miscast. He is. No, he he does not work in this movie. Despite the fact that on paper, I remember when he was cast as John Connor, I remember thinking, that's perfect. That's perfect. But it's not. And... I think there's a couple of problems with it. I think it is the direction. I don't think he's been directed properly uh, for a start. Yeah, but I, I couldn't help but think the whole time I was watching it that I wish that the roles were reversed because I think Sam Worthington would have made a pretty decent John Connor. I don't know if I agree with that, I, but I do think there's a problem in the movie where the movie is far more interested in being about Marcus than it has been about John Connor. And I think that leads to a lot of problems, especially towards the end of the film. So that's something we're talking about. But not until spoilers, because I, I have to kind of get into the, you know, the, the plot nitty gritty to really kind of talk about that. But the, like, the thing is, is that he's 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 always yelling. He's always the, he's always doing things like that. He's always and not just on set. <laughs> he's always yelling. Um, Joe, 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 Joe going to bring it up. Joe, what makes me sad is that I just cracked a joke about the on set like tape that leaked of him yelling at a lightning person. And the sad fact is, this is ten years old. There's probably people watching this review who won't get that joke. Because <laughs> ten years ago means that it was too long ago for them to have been old enough to get that joke. Well, look it up, kids. Yeah, look it up, kiddies. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're everyone un- loves a good meltdown. Your uncle and auntie uh, are here to tell you all about <laughs> Terminator Salvation in the year of our Lord, two thousand nine. So Christian Bale is kind of oddly miscast, but I don't know if it's because he's he's miscast in general or because because he's miscast with this director and what the actual focus of the script is. Uh, because he doesn't really feel like the main character of this film, which isn't necessarily a problem, except all the interesting ideas revolve around them and it just doesn't focus on them, which is frustrating. Yeah, um, my main issue is not so much that he's... uh, is the direction of him. I, I think it's more that he is playing a soldier and it's a war movie and he's just a soldier and he's not this hero that we've been... Yeah. hearing about for three films there's a, there's a lot of things that don't line up with the other movies uh that i want to get into and yeah I, and like, I, I, people people say that they respect him but you don't really see it yeah you like, know he just seems like one of the other grunts and i know i know whenever i bring up differences between what we know of the future from the first two films and what this movie does i know there's a, a technical explanation for it the explanation is is that the future that we saw in the first two movies isn't the same future because the delayed judgment day and the first thing in fact the first thing i really want to talk about here is i totally do not remember that this totally keeps terminator 3 in continuity 
Kate's in here. Kate, Kate's there. I mean, it's not the same actress. It's this Bryce Dallas Howard, um, mm-hmm. which many may argue is an upgrade. I, I, I am not going to... to uh... <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> the fact that they recast a character from a movie, a character that I didn't care about in a movie that I hated, I don't care. Like, they're both yeah. as equally... <laughs> Equally as uninteresting. Yeah, don't get me wrong. She has nothing to do in this movie. She is just there to be the redhead who happens to be John Connor's wife or girlfriend or whatever. She's just there. Um, But they also bring up the Terminator fuel cells, which were introduced in Terminator 3. Uh, They say that Judgment Day happened in 2003. Like, all the things... Like, they actually do kind of treat it as like, no, that was actually... That's when Judgment Day happened. It was 2003. We're going to follow Mm -hmm. Terminator 3. Even though it doesn't matter for the most part, but they're, they're going to treat it like it is. Um, so here's here's some things I want to bring up about this future. Right? Again, this is all spoiler-free stuff. Why does it look so boring and shit? It is so much daylight. <laughs> it's so much daylight, right? In fact, there's a line in this movie. There's a line in this movie when uh, Kyle Reese is explaining to Marcus uh, about traveling and he says, oh, shouldn't we go now because it's nighttime? wouldn't we be easily sneak around? And he says, no, 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 they've got infrared. It's better to sneak around during the day. Uh, you get a better chance. I want to take you back to The Terminator, the 1984 hit film directed by James Cameron starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean, where Kyle Reese in that very film, the very same character that this little shit's supposed to be, told, told Sarah Connor that it was too dangerous to go around during the day because it was too easy to see them and it was safer to go at night. That was a line of dialogue in the first movie. In this movie, it outright says the opposite. <laughs> I know. And and still, like, that Terminator is a more advanced Terminator than the ones that we see for the majority of the film. Yeah, so, it's T-600s I, we see in this movie. Uh, yeah, which look awesome. I really like the design of the yeah, other Yeah, no, Terminator they're, they're fine. I'm going to talk about the positives of the designs in a minute. I just, like... I don't like how it looks. I don't understand. Why do the Resistance have an entire fleet of helicopters and planes? Did you ever get the feeling in Terminator 1 and 2, whenever we saw this future, that they had... They're just the military. Yeah, they have the whole military. They have the whole Air Force. They have submarines. Yeah. This is the Hurt Locker and Transformers had a baby. I hate this. I hate this. (laughs) Right. First of all, where are the laser weapons? In Terminator 1 and 2 in the future, they're all firing laser weapons. It looks colourful. So it's nighttime, but these laser weapons light up the sky and it looks great. It's got this great visual to it. And we know it's canon. They've kept all the same, like, shitty characters from the third film. (laughs) But no, no, no. This movie is the greatest, bleakest, shittiest looking thing and it's full of helicopters like the, like yeah. uh, at the start of the movie john connor after the opening scene which we'll talk about in spoilers calls in like helicopters and like three helicopters come in and pick him up yeah. and i'm like this does not feel like they're sneaking around at all this does not feel anything like those future it scenes it looks like they shot it in like like mosul or something like it, <laughs> it looks like you're, you're just watching a, a movie about the war in the middle east (laughs) i I hate how this movie looks i hate the choices to do this i I think i mean i think it's kind of brave that they wanted to do it and like i I could see why they wanted to go in that direction after the borderline schumacher film (laughs) yeah but you you can still do what terminator one and two did with the future and keep it serious Yeah, but these kind of movies were popular right then like it's also very much like a zombie film it's just like the post-apocalypse you can't also like you also can't trust the humans that you're running into. It's yeah. very much like like this is a year before The Walking Dead, which is like still going. Zombie. It's still going. <laughs> it's on season ten. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but this is like peak zombie films in America and like genre. And that's what this was just but here's, here's the whole time I was watching, it, I was just reminded of other movies that were popular. Yeah, but at here's the, time. the here's the thing though. You don't take inspiration from the fads that are going on around you. You take inspiration from the previous films in your goddamn franchise. And I'm not saying don't put your own spin on it. I'm not saying don't add to it. I'm not saying don't do these things. But the look and feel of this war is so far removed from every glimpse we ever got. Because see, see, whenever before this came out, and I still believe this to a point, although this has kind of ruined it for most people, this idea of having a future war movie, is I still think, and I did before this, that you can have a good Terminator future war movie, even a future trilogy, sure, whatever, right? Because yeah. there's a delayed scene from Terminator 2. Uh, the script of it is on the, the the extras, at least it was in the old Ultimate DVD. I don't know if it's on like, the newer stuff, but um, there was a great deleted scene at the start. The future war stuff had an extra pit, bit at the start of the movie where mm. it showed the, the, the old John Connor um, going into the, the Skynet lab. And maybe the reason why they chose not to shoot it is just because it was like, oh, we have to build a whole lab and maybe it's just not worth the money of doing it, right? But Sure. You know, we we basically see them end the war, and I th- I think there might have even been a scene with Kyle Reese where he like asks like you know for a volunteer, and Kyle volunteers to go back, like you know to get into like the time machine vault or whatever it is, and Kyle volunteers and they send Kyle back, and someone like someone else says that's it, it's over. We you know we've won the war and we've sent Kyle back, and Connor says no, there's one more thing we have to do, and the final and I always remember the the part that I really remember vividly, and this is the script segment of this deleted scene. He, that sounds he, really familiar. Yeah, he walks. He walks into. He walks into like the, like a, like a storage, like a cold storage room, and, we, and it's just like you know rows and rows of like naked people, right? And he stops on the row, the one hundred and one row, and it's like the Arnold Terminator model, and he just looks at him. And I think this was the moment that was supposed to like fade to young John Connor, and for the first time in Terminator Two, it was supposed to mm-hmm. fade to the young John Connor from this moment, and it was like the idea of like. No, this is this is uh, like him. You know, this is the hint that he's about to send this one back. Like this is the 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 big like yeah, like cavalry's coming kind of thing. Um, um, maybe the, there's one more thing we have to do. Maybe I'm mixing that up with like something from Genesis or something like that. But this bit at the end, especially, um, was a deleted scene that they never shot. It was just a scene that they had in the script for Terminator Two. And I always thought that that's how you end your your future movie or your future trilogy right the idea being that you don't have to like, change the ending of t2 what you do is is you set it essentially before t2 in the sense that it's a future where john connor's grown up knowing that he's going to be john connor in the sense that his mother has had the first terminator and kyle reese right because that always mm-hmm. had to happen so because that's how he's born but terminator 2 has not happened yet and we get the future war play out we get him winning the war and then it ends with him looking at the, the arnold terminator and like okay we're sending this one back and that is the end of your story and that's the end of your... And by the way, what do you call your future war movie? You call it Terminators, all right? That's what you call it. I've thought a lot about this. Terminator 4? <laughs> no, 3. 3 didn't happen. Three Cancel well, 3. Not going to this film. <laughs> well, according to my canon, it didn't happen, all right? This is oh. my script. <laughs> I didn't realize you were going through a fan fiction. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... The, the the idea the appeal of wanting that future war was the glimpses we got before it was it was the the nighttime scenes it was the laser beams it was the hiding and sneaking around the idea that we have to run around like rats because anything else is too dangerous that it's Plus so all the scenes that we had from the future yeah we're all at night 
Every single that's one of them. Because we fight Terminators at night. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing, yeah. Those red eyes at this movie, because this movie does the, you know, the red eyes going out like 10 times. You know, the, the Terminator's eyes like dimming. It does it like 10 times and like nine of them are during the day. Do you know what makes that look better? At night! Because light sticks out at night! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The aesthetic is a problem I have with it. I don't like yeah, the aesthetic. Yeah, it's just, it clashes too much with the franchise. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they wanted to do it, but it's uh, it's always going to be this odd film yeah. in the whole series because of the tone. The visual effects hold up a lot better than 3, do, uh, 3 did. Oh, yeah. But uh, I will say... There's... I commend the visual effects yeah. on this quite a bit. There is one scene, though. It's when uh, Sam Morrington walks out in front of the Hollywood sign. That looked mm-hmm. like a sci-fi movie, like a sci-fi channel movie. That one scene looked really green screen to me and really fake when he was looking around at the city. That one scene really stuck out to me. He's looking rough, but I mean, you may disagree. Was, I mean, I didn't even notice. Like the this the special effects really worked for me quite a bit, especially in the last like twenty minutes of the film, which of course we won't get into into spoilers. But those of you who have already seen the movie know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I agree with that for the most part. I think the first shot with what you're talking about was a little off. No way. It is astounding. <laughs> no, no, no. I looked I looked at the scene again. Something... I, I can't say. I can't say. <laughs> I can't say. Look, the effects are mostly really good. It wasn't giving me that fake feeling for the most of the film. It was just that one scene and then mm. that one shot that we'll talk about in spoilers. So... Yeah, I like the design of all the, the machines yeah. that we get to see. No, look, I, I don't like the the fact that we don't have lasers. Yeah, I don't like I that. know it's 2018, and this movie was made, you know, to, in 2009, or came out in 2009. Well, that's so. right, yeah, it's set in 2018, you're right, I forgot about that. <laughs> so they're probably like, well, we probably wouldn't have lasers at this time. But no, lasers, lasers are already part of the canon, just use them. Just use them, yeah. We yeah. forgive you. It's fine. You know? um, we'll assume Skynet made them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they stole some Skynet tech. It's fine. Um, yeah. No, no. I like the term. I like the T six hundreds. You know, because there's a few moments in this where it's like, like, there's a T six hundred stalking one of them or whatever, right? And what do I like about the Terminator? You know, one of the big first things I love about it is I love the cyberpunk horror of the Terminator. And there's a few moments in this where it's like, you know, in nighttime and the T six hundreds like patrolling and looking around, and like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that was kind of a creepy little moment. That's what I want from this movie. I want this idea of this dangerous, machine-filled world where everything's dangerous and the people can't do anything. And I don't feel it like, because in this movie, there's like several scenes of them just walking down long roads and there's like no one around for miles. And it's like, that doesn't feel that dangerous. <laughs> doesn't feel that dangerous at all. I feel it feels like a, a, a nice little jaunt in the post-apocalypse. So <laughs> jaunt down the road. Here, here's it. I've got. Okay, this might sound a bit nitpicky, but it does really bug me. Right. So. Mm. There's several points, especially towards the end of the film, where we're going into like um, Skynet's building, right? Because obviously Kyle, you know, ends up in as a prisoner, right? And that's not really a spoiler because that's something that he mentioned in the first movie. That's like you know part of the story. Um, although I don't think he's really there long enough to really jive with that story that he told in the first movie. I feel like they kind of took some liberty with that story that he told. But there, I've... there is a detail that really bugs me about it. Yeah. Though. So here's 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 a here's a a thing that really bugs me about this is why and this is not the only time in the film this happens where it didn't make sense to me but this is the big example i'm going to give for you is okay so that's this like lab slash prison i mean it's skynet so they basically just have everything like in one big building that's right back to back to back you know whatever right why does this place have doors with like like hand scanners and keypads as if like a human being would ever be going through them because we see like people like hack into them and i'm like 
it's only maybe Terminator's going in and out of this place. Like, why does this place even have, like, traditional... Like, surely there should be whole parts of this building that don't even have space... That doesn't even have space because it's just meant to be a big machine. Like, why is there a keypad? Like, surely... Terminator's going, beep, 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 beep. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, well, when, when the Terminator's <laughs> just, like, either... Because it says they can communicate, so surely it's just wireless, and if not, then just jack in with, like, a USB, like, finger. So, I don't know, like... Don't they just call each other and go... <laughs> <laughs> well terminator these cannons so yeah maybe, maybe they do like i just I just it's so weird like i, I don't feel like the, the designers like the, the set designers or i'm not gonna necessarily put the blame on them this might be the director just telling them what he doesn't doesn't want or because it's in the script well, so they have to do it is it not a building that was built by humans and then taken over by android um cyborgs maybe robots <laughs> but mm, but in that case then but why why does why does why does the keypad even still work then like why why because surely skynet would take control of the system and just be like no nah, that door's never opening because we don't need it to be open well i mean they are working on uh a, a different type of terminator and the terminator that we've seen in the first film i just i feel like for me one of the most interesting things about skynet and it's one of my big, big problems and spoilers is going to be related to this what i'm about to say is the sky yeah. the skynet is is not is not an entity it's not an entity with like a look or a voice or a body or a shape or anything it is purely just the knowledge and the system right and mm-hmm. one of my things i love about cyberpunk horror is the idea that it doesn't need like body sure it's got like drones it's got terminators out there doing things it's got these flying machines sure but it doesn't need hallways it doesn't need to have a voice or do anything like that it just like it can literally just be a block but that block is the most dangerous block in the world because it's connected to everything and it can control everything you know sure i mean that was kind of one of the the cool parts about the third film is that once it becomes active it only takes a second oh, sure. before but, but what it I mean immediately is... turns on humanity because it it goes through like its own life cycle in a second yeah but what, what i mean is though is it doesn't need like it's like the building that houses it should not be like any building that humans would ever build because it doesn't need to have hallways it doesn't need to have windows it doesn't need to have anything it can just be a mass of cables and like like you know circuit boards and shit like it can just be this grungy cyberpunk thing it doesn't need to have anything that would be recognizable as a human entrance or like don't get me wrong this is supposed to also be a prison so there's definitely parts that should have human areas because they're going to have prisoners right that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but there's just those certain parts of it where I'm like, why does this even exist? Why does this human yeah. access part well, exist? That reminds me of the, uh, the the clip I sent you that was um, Arnold being interviewed on Howard Stern mm. and how when he was thinking about the Terminator before he even agreed to play the Terminator, he should he was talking to, to Howard like who or to to James Cameron like whoever you get to play the Terminator, make sure they can reload a weapon or take it apart. And put it back together without even looking at it. Because you don't need, you don't need to. A robot wouldn't need yeah. to look at it to reload because it's a robot. Like it should always just be looking and, where it needs to shoot. And if you if you go with what he just said, if you go back and watch that first Terminator again, watch that scene in the nightclub. Like he is mm-hmm. aiming and reloading without ever looking down at the gun ever once. It is. You know he, what? You put it in practice. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is a god. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> affirmative um <laughs> no like and it's just like i i feel like 
there's just a lack of creativity in thinking about how Skynet would function. It just there's a lot of easy paths taken in the design stuff in terms of Skynet and the buildings itself. The Terminator, the T six hundreds look good. The flying machines look good. Um, there is one thing they do sort of about a third of the way through the movie. There's like one extra new design that I don't like that much because it's a bit too transformery. Uh, it's very transformery. Yeah, but I like the things that come out of them. Sure. <laughs> the motorcycles, they're pretty cool. The yeah, there's like, Terminators. there's like Terminator bikes, yeah. Yeah, they're okay. I have, I have no real problems with those. Um, so, yeah, there's some design aesthetics that kind of really bug me, even though some of the stuff, because the stuff that works is the stuff that's a lot more like the, the old films. The T-600 obviously is a more plonky design intentionally, but it's definitely based on what the Terminator was. Like, it's still a, a lesser yeah. version of that Terminator, so it still looks good. It looks like a prototype to the T-800. It looks good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the tank. It's, it's the tank before they sleek mm-hmm. it down and make it a bit more mobile and a bit more... You know, it's got a big minigun that's just attached to its arm, so it feels a bit slower. It feels a bit more cumbersome and, mm-hmm. you know, but still kind of scary. Uh, and that's cool. That works. Uh, so I realise I went on a rant about keypads and shit. Um, do you want another rant or do you want to like bring up something else first? I mean, if you're feeling it, <laughs> let it out. Okay, let's talk about the music because yeah <laughs> here's i'm gonna i'm gonna start this off sure, sure because i know it. where you're gonna go <laughs> it's danny elfman <laughs> i forgot about that it is danny elfman see when i was watching the credits at the start I, I i nearly had a shit i nearly shat my pants but you know what it doesn't sound like danny elfman it doesn't sound like anything i recognize him for mostly because i don't even notice it i don't even hear it <laughs> yeah unfortunately it doesn't sound good either because I'll say this, Terminator 3's music, while I didn't like it, at least I rec- I started to notice some of the themes in that movie. In this, I noticed nothing. Mm, I think we panned it, though. Oh, Especially we did. you. Yeah. Oh, no I, no, I didn't like it. I, didn't, I hated it. But I, at least it had recognizable themes that started to like, reoccur. I mean, this had the... In the beginning. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's, here's where I'm going to start. This movie has a lot of references to Terminator 1 and 2, right? And they do feel quite genuine. They don't feel too overdone for me. They feel like nice little subtle things. They don't feel like fan service. They feel like they're part of the plot. For, for the most part, yeah, for the most part. And we'll go through some of them in spoilers. But the one that I'm going to mention here, because this is not a spoiler at all, is the opening title sequence. Um, they, they pay homage to the original Terminator, because the original Terminator, if you remember, it was all the letters of the title sort of going back and forth as the... Right, and the, the credits would come up and sort of a computer, like sort of typing text kind of thing over the top of it. And that was really cool, right? That's really iconic. And this kind of plays homage to that by having the letters of the title kind of like spinning, right? So it's not the exact same thing, but it's definitely in the style. It's like, here's the modern version of what that Terminator opening title sequence is. I have two problems with this. One is just kind of weird, and I don't know why, and then the other one's like a big problem. The weird one is that, so it comes up saying, you know, so-and-so presents, blah, 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 you know, Christian Bale. And it comes up saying the title while it's still happening. And I, I was thinking to myself, that's weird. The whole point of this type of title sequence is that at the end of the title sequence, all the letters finally come together and it goes back the way, you know, like the, the original Terminator, like Stranger Things even does, right? That That's the that's the whole idea. But the weird thing is, is that it still does that at the end. It still forms the title at the end, but it still says the title in the normal font, at, you know, at, at early on in the credits. It's almost like they said, no, we still have to have it after the first couple of credits. And I'm like, tons of movies leave the title till the end. That's not that weird. That's normal. So that's just weird. It's not a big complaint, but it's just weird. The other thing. They went, they made a choice. McGee and Co. made a choice to make this opening title sequence a giant homage 
to the first film's title sequence, right? It's the, it's the same mm-hmm. style. They're going for like a modern version on it, their own little take on it. But they went. Did the to... first one have the like the the metal clanking, or is that the second one? That's the second one. Um, okay. So they went to this effort to to do one that was this paying tribute to that original film, and they don't use the theme music. What? <laughs> You get the da 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 da. That is not the theme music. That is the backing track to the theme music. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the like this movie uses that that the da 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 like two or three times, right? Total once in the titles, that's once right in the beginning, and like maybe at the the end, like the last scene. It's, it's in a scene towards the end, then it's in the, just at the start of the end credits as well, right? They use it three times, and. It bugs me because I thought, oh, maybe the last time that'll fit, I'll actually go into the, the score. I'll go into the music. I'll go into the do 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 do. Maybe it'll actually do it, and it never does. And I don't know if it's a choice from the director. I don't know if it's Danny Elfman being like, I don't want to use the themes of the the old. I want to do my own things. Um, I I don't know what it is, but it just this upsets me on so many fundamental levels. Like, to go to the effort to recreate the opening titles from Terminator One and then not use the music, like what are you doing? What life choices have you made? What is your childhood trauma? Make G. You need to um, take a break. I'm okay. I'm okay. Find your center. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I mean, at least it doesn't have like the of like the Danny Elfman score. Oh yeah, dun 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 doesn't have that. There's no there's no like chorus in the background or anything. True, true. That would have been very out of place uh in the movie for sure. Um Uh what other spoiler free stuff have we we got to talk about? Is there anything else like sort of generally that you wanted to bring up before plot stuff? I mean, no, not really. We sort of talked about the the tone and the the music and the some of the character stuff. Uh, we haven't really talked about our main guy at all. Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what I'll say about him, I can say in plot, you know, spoiler stuff. But um, Sam Worthington's kind of a a decent blank slate of a of a human being, right? He's he's very much not a great actor, but you can put him in a role and direct him well enough to get a likable enough performance. Not a great performance. I mean, I think he's. I think he's fine. I don't think he's a bad actor at all. And like, yeah, okay, maybe he's a little dull, but he he's not like a. What was the last movie we watched? Uh, Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah, Philadelphia Experiment. He's not like that kind of dull, you know. Sure. Well, no, I, <laughs> I always just a I, little too every man. He plays the part of the like the the convict with uh, who who's getting a second chance or whatever, like. Mm. okay like i think he was like that's why i kind of would have preferred him as john connor even just because he at least looks the part of like someone who's like i don't know like he's got i'm not gonna he's got something that christian bale isn't putting in the performance you know like i i buy him as a guy who's tough i'm not gonna go as far and say that uh because like some other things is okay like he's kind of like, I think he's a likable enough kind of generic-looking dude who's a, you know, sort of generic sort of caliber of actor, right? He's not particularly great. But what's funny about this to me is that I always like to joke that 
um like people used to always like, complain even more than i am like i'm not complaining i think he's okay like, he's fine like you know he's likable enough he doesn't bother me yeah i i don't understand why hollywood just kind of stopped using him but people were complaining i remember when this came out and then avatar came out people were really riding them hard like on the internet like people really were turning to shreds for being bland and generic and what's really funny to me about this the joke that i always like to make is that what they did with Terminator Genesis is they, they gave you what you thought Sam Arnting was, which is Jai Courtney, and they showed you what what that really is like. Because Jai Courtney... <laughs> yeah, is, he's, pretty, he's pretty bland. He's he is generic. bland and terrible, and he's a franchise killer. He killed the Terminator franchise. Uh, I mean, it's back already, so maybe he didn't. But, you know, in terms of quality, he killed the Terminator franchise. He killed the Die Hard franchise. Like, within, like, it was like back-to-back. He did... Tie Hard 5 and Terminator 5, and both of them are the worst, the worst movies. the worst movie that I've ever seen in theaters. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. Although, bizarrely, he's like one of the slightly better elements of that movie. Actually, I do agree with yeah. that. <laughs> he's mildly amusing in that train wreck. Because he's drunk the whole time, or he's pretending to be drunk, and he's actually not bad at it. You yeah. Know? So much so that they're actually bringing him back, even though they're kind of rebooting it. <laughs> Oh, they are bringing him back? Yeah, he's on that, list. on that list. Yeah, that, that, that big like uh, list of names that the uh, gun put out of all the people Dude, on it. That is such a bizarre I list know. of names. Tika Wittes in there. <laughs> I know. There's actually there's some uh, some speculation that he's going to be the leader of like the uh, the Russian Suicide Squad, which is because there was an arc in the comics where they felt like the Russian version of them, and he's going to be the leader of like, this villain Suicide Squad in the movie. I can't believe I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad too, but it's yeah. probably mostly because Taika Waititi is in it. <laughs> it's because James Gunn is directing it. Like I like James Gunn as a director, so I trust that it'll probably be a fun movie. But again, yeah, it's I not... like the first two Guardians. I like the second Guardians a lot more than most people. I actually like it more than the first Guardians. <laughs> I like the first one more, but the second one does have a lot of good stuff in it. Um, I liked this film. Uh... Was it Super with uh, Rain Wilson and Ellen Page? I liked that movie. I liked his movie Slither with Nathan Fillion and um, Elizabeth oh, I like Banks. That movie, yeah. yeah, that's a fun movie. That's a really funny movie. Uh, Michael Rooker's in all these movies because he's Michael Rooker and James Gunn loves working with him. Um, like, no, I'll he's in this movie too. He's in Suicide Squad too. Oh, he is, yeah. Uh, so. No, and keep in mind it's called the Suicide Squad because we are not a sequel. We're not doing two. We're just this. We're just oh, the Suicide my Squad. My bad. Yes, <laughs> this is important. <laughs> um so oh, i saw will smith wasn't on the list oh i noticed that as well yeah uh but yeah we got a lot of good people on there i'll tell i'll tell you um so i watched the director's cut of salvation um just because it happened to be the version that was available and i don't think i did I, it, it, there's not a lot of differences it's, it was like two and a half minutes or something like that of a difference um and joe you know what's funny is that i got to there's a moment early on where there's like an extra like robot attack uh uh, right early on when they were going through water, there's like a sort of like uh, one of the sort of tire track like ones, which you know that's that's something that's missing from this actually is the big ones with the tire tracks. Like, where are they? Yeah, like the uh, the tank ones. Yeah, not cool enough know, in twenty. Kind of like Ed two hundred nine. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, not cool enough in two thousand nine apparently. Yeah. No, but they're awesome looking. They're awesome. The, the first two. <laughs> I want them. Damn it! Where are they? Um, but um. So there's, a, there's like an extra little attack there. And then the only other real, real thing that's a big difference is there's a scene with Moon Bloodgood's character, uh, Blair Williams. And I got to this scene and almost immediately assumed that this was the added stuff because I'm like, I don't remember this. And I feel like this is what they put in to give it an R rating. You see her boobs. She has a topless scene in the director's cut. Uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, she, she Before the sort of... The action scene, I'll say. It's, it's when they're, they're sort of camping for the night before the sort of the action part of that happens. Uh, there's a scene where she's like sort of like cleaning, like, there's like water spraying out somewhere, 
or it's, I think it's just raining actually, it's just raining, and she like just like takes off her top and I, or takes off her top and I'm like, what's happening? Why am I seeing boobs? <laughs> this is weird. This is so <laughs> random. <laughs> and it's a, it's a weird it's a weird moment because Sam Arnton kind of turns around and like stares at her. And then she notices she's he's staring at her and like covers herself up. But it's all but it's kind of played as this kind of weird like connection moment. Like, you're so- well, they have a a bit of a connection <clears throat> in a later scene. I don't really like it the way you're describing it because I actually really dig her character because she shows up right away. She's kind of like our Sarah Connor substitute. But it was kind of satisfying to see like a tough, no nonsense woman in a in a Terminator franchise. You know? Yeah, it's just a shame that our entire character kind of only exists to serve for Marcus's plot. Like, it's very much just there to... Yeah, but Marcus's plot is the main plot. I mean, that's true. Which may but... be a mistake, but... I think it is a mistake, and we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but but she's, she's totally capable and awesome in the film, even though she's in it for a short moment. And I like their chemistry together when they have that little scene later on. But it's... Yeah, the scene that you're describing doesn't really seem to fit with the character as I understand. But yeah. unless she was trying to, like, flirt with him and be like, oh, my top came off. <laughs> it did not feel like flirting to me, but I mean, it felt like she thought he'd already left. Like, he'd already left like, and walked over somewhere else, but he'd actually stopped and turned around and was leering. I mean, they're both beautiful people. Like, do they really care? <laughs> <laughs> um,. Uh, it's funny actually we're talking about Danny Elfman because Hel- Helena Bonham Carter's in this and I associate her with Tim Burton movies more than anything um, and I hate her character I, why. I hate everything her face is attached to in this movie I can't see anything until spoilers but I hate everything she's associated with in this movie that's all I'm saying do you agree or disagree with that that, that look told me that you think I'm an idiot um, yeah it's not my favourite part of the film I kind of I, I don't mind the first scene with her but the uh, when when her per- character comes up again, I don't like that direction at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I don't really care that much in the first scene, but the first scene is just you know, the setup, like. Right. <coughs> Plus, you know, it's odd because you you see Helena Bonham <coughs> yeah, and you're like, okay, she's too big of a name to only have one scene. So the whole film, you're just kind of expecting her to come back in yeah. some way, which I think is maybe a miscast for that reason. Yeah. Why not just get no name? I agree, got a no-name. Um, in fact, you know, Joe it worked so well about the T-1000? It was a no-name. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick, no one knew who he was. And it was yeah. it worked perfectly. Oh, let's talk about Michael Ironside, actually. Michael Ironside's in this movie as the leader of the resistance. And I like Michael Ironside. I do. Like, he's a very likable B-movie actor. He has got a great face. <clears throat> he's got a great and face. A great voice. The problem is, though, is that I associate his voice with B-movies at this point, and he was really taking me out of this, because every time he was Starship like... Trooper, that's what I think of when I see yeah. him. Every time he started like yelling orders or was giving shit, it felt like, I don't know, it just it, it made it feel more like a B-movie, and it didn't really fit with the tone, either of the Terminator movies or this movie. It didn't fit with either of the old movies or this movie. No, the thing I didn't like about the character is just that Okay, so he doesn't respect John Connor at all. Oh, that's and the... he's always yelling down at him, and it's just like, who is John Connor? Like he is not this guy that we've been told. Yeah, that's the other thing. In the director's cut, by the way, is there's an extra little tidbit. The first time they're in a scene together in the submarine, he pulls out a gun and points it at John Connor's head when he thinks he's just to make sure that he's not betrayed them or something like that. And it's like a really weird little scene. I, 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 I... Yeah, it's weird. I'm like Cat and you. You don't ever like every scene that we get John Connor in. It, it's like 
he's made weaker. Like they they purposely make him look like the like the underdog or the weak man <laughs> amongst them. And I just don't understand. He's not this legendary hero. That See, well, here's the thing. I, I, I don't mind if he's not that at first. That if that's the story that of him becoming that and no one believes him, because you know they, they mentioned at the start, he's just a soldier. He's just an, like an exceptional. Which was just fine. No, but that's sure, fine. Like, but, like if, that's it. But after, if that's the story, that's okay. Because they mentioned at the start that no one really believes him. Like they, they think he's an idiot. They think, oh, he thinks all this stuff's going to happen. No one believes him. I'm fine with that. If the story's about him proving that this is going to happen if, if the story is about him earning respect i'm okay with that the problem with this movie is though is that he's not the main character and the, every like, he's basically on a subplot until it's time for the third act to start and then it, it almost starts to treat him like he is the main character so everything that happens at the end that's supposed to have any emotional impact doesn't land it doesn't land because he's not earned it because we don't actually spend the film with him we spend the film with marcus and every time we spend with john connor it's just these little moments of like him either like you say being yelled at or just try to do this plan or whatever there's not a lot of range with them so anytime they try to like make a big moment with him where it's either emotional or he's trying to be inspirational and like talking over the radio it feels false it rings false because he's not earned it i don't think it's because christian bale is the terrible choice to play the role i don't even think it's because uh we can't focus on john carter i don't even think it's because he he, he can't he can't start as weak and build up to be the strong john carter that we know that, that i think that could be an interesting story um is him earning that respect, him earning that, that he can't just, like, because that could almost be a, like something you play with, the idea that he was expecting to be have respect because he was always told since he was a kid that you're going to be this important person, and it, but it's not just going to be handed to him, he has to take it, he has to, like, no, sure. this is why I mean, I'm respected. the third movie is canon, I mean, the third movie, he was, like, barely even, like, that kid... John Connor that we saw was way cooler than he was. Yeah, yeah. Way the, more the leader. Terminator Three John Connor was a weasel, so that's almost <laughs> is yeah. in line. If anything, he's too much of a badass in this to make me believe it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I I really think that I really think that he was miscast. Like I know Christian Bale is a great actor, and it's hard to say that he can do no wrong, but I I don't think he was a good choice for this movie and it is unfortunate that every scene that he's supposed to be this leader we see him as not a leader but someone who's super weak and the like has zero respect from anyone and it, it's uh i i still think that somebody else could have done a better job and i i do think like even the other guy in the movie would have done a better job because he just at least you're setting the bar too low. He's more level-headed. You're, like, set, you're setting the bar too low. <laughs> you're just saying that because he's the other guy that's there. <laughs> like we can do better. We can we can do better. We can. Maybe, we can... I don't think Sam Worthington's that bad, but like we can cast a weight on that. Is what I'm saying. I I I think he's at least Sam Worthington as Marcus is like cool and collected and is able to think things out first and you know he's not like just always. Christian Bale's a bit of a mouth breather. I never noticed until this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only mouth breathing in this because he's constantly yelling. Like, yeah, he, he's always out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mouth breathe when I'm out of breath. It's, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <clears throat> I want to get into the interesting ideas with this character that I think they could build a movie around, and they don't. And they make some really weird choices of, of when to drop certain pieces of information that I think are the totally wrong moments to do it. Like, here's an example, right? The moment that John Connor hears the name Kyle Reese, right? If this is a this is a John Connor who knows who Kyle Reese is, right? Uh -huh. And 
The moment he hears it is like this nothing moment where some random dude that we never see again just happens to say, oh yeah, some civilian named, John, uh, named Kyle Reese. And it's a nothing moment and he just kind of like glares at him. There's a, there's a moment later on when he's talking to Marcus where that should be the first time he hears that name. That should, that should be the thing, like, if we're going to do this story where we have these two guys who don't trust each other and we're going to bring them together over something, I feel like Marcus knowing Kyle Reese should be the, the kind of the first thing that kind of almost starts to bring them together. It should be a moment. It should be a moment where he's just not going to listen to him, but then he says, Kyle Reese is in trouble. And that's the thing that John Connor, like, stops dead in his tracks and makes him think twice. Because he knows who Kyle Reese well, is. Yeah, because he has to do something in that case right otherwise he's not born <laughs> yeah um but it's the idea that you know he's listening to the tapes that his mother left right we hear the tape that sarah connor left for him right and it's this idea of tying back into the original movies and i think the idea of the moment of him like finally meeting his father but obviously kyle reese doesn't know that he's his father so it adds this extra layer to it like i think they whiff in a lot of those moments they should be really good they should be the really exciting moments here's another i won't say when when it's said but the moment where someone says, come with me if you want to live, they waste it. They waste it in a moment where it's completely useless and that does nothing. And it shouldn't be said there. It should be John Connor saying that to Kyle Reese when he saves him, when he sees him. That should be when come with me if you want to live should, should have been said. Because the moment it's said, it's kind of used to like, oh, just so you know, this is Kyle Reese. But we don't associate that just with Kyle Reese. That's been used by multiple characters in this franchise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I mean, he's the one who says it first. Well, yes, but, 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 but think about it. Think about it. He learns that from his father, or from from his son, I guess. Actually, he learns it from his son. He learns it from John Connor. John Connor says it to him, and he always remembered when he said that. So he says it to Sarah, and then the reason, the reason why the Terminator from the future says it to Sarah Connor is yeah, because I mean, adult. Right. It makes it's because sense. adult. Like he said it first, but it makes sense if you do it that way. Yeah, also. but yeah, but the reason why Terminator says it in Terminator Two is because adult John Connor has told him to say it because adult John Connor knows it's going to mean something to her. It all makes sense. It works. This is easy. This is an easy movie to write. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for these Hollywood writers? It's so easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's still better than 3, don't get me wrong. There's still moments and stuff that I like in this. Oh yeah, well 3 is a comedy. (laughs) 3 is a comedy. (laughs) And the Terminator should never be a comedy. Get out now. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. All what right, do you I, think of Anton Yelton? Um, yeah, he's fine. Like, I mean, I like Anton Yelton. Yeah, can, he's, he's, you know, I, I think it's kind of a thankless role in a weird way. I, I honestly don't think. I, I, again, this is something else where I'm going to rewrite the movie in my head. Um, I don't think we should see him until uh, John does. I think the first time that he hears that name is the first time we should hear that name. Yeah. And we, we, we shouldn't see him until he's, we see him in the prison. I think following him around on his own before, and I get that it sets up that he's kind of this young guy who wants to do good and he's always trying to like do the best and be a part of the resistance, but I don't think we should see him. I, I think, because this, this is the thing, this was supposed to be the first chapter in a trilogy. They, they said that when this was coming out, and the ending clearly hints that, yeah, it's only the start of the story. It's only the start of a trilogy of this war. And I feel like, although that said, the whole plan to like do everything at the end, it, kind of like is under the impression that it's going to like save the you know finish the war and whatever thing it's clearly not but whatever anyway uh so but like if the, if the movie's go- if this is a trilogy and clearly the, the through line in the trilogy is john connor 
then that's the story that we have to follow because it's his story it's his journey it's his arc he's the one that we should be attached to and to an extent kale reese because i think if you're going to you know map this trilogy out then the second movie is the bonding between john and kale right it's, it's john training kale kale becoming the kale reese that we knew in terminator one and then terminator and you know the third one would be like the final fight the battle and you know early on in the film john would you know like say that someone has to volunteer and it would be the struggle of kyle over the course of the film like coming to the point where he accepts that and agrees to go back in time and you know because maybe he says that maybe he asks him about it before they even know there's, like yeah, anyone knows there's going to be time travel this is just something that he like knows about because they've not found the, the base yet or they're not broken and found the time disruptor field or whatever they called it like, like i don't know like i'm such a I'm, i know i'm being like a total like nerd here and like fan writing the whole thing but I just, I feel like there's so many, like, rich ideas and the potential of telling the story of someone who's supposed to be a leader and feels forced into it, of, like, knowing that someone younger out there is their father and having to protect them and having to live up to all this. Plus, you have this great cyberpunk horror setting, and we get Terminator Salvation, which is, like, meh. Like... Yeah, it is pretty meh. It's not... Maybe it's just because we watched the third one that I don't think it's the worst thing. Um... I think it is kind of ballsy and now that I didn't really know that it was supposed to be a trilogy and and now that you say that yeah it feels pretty unfinished um I understand your passion for it though because the first two are great I think the first one is a masterpiece and this one is so far removed from that even though it claims to be part of the same the same universe it clearly just cannot be I, I, do, I do want to just add again, I know that it's technically a different future from Terminator 1 and 2 because Judgment Day changed, it's following the timeline, Not nothing has to match up with those first two movies. But this I, is all the same story, right? It's all the same John Connor. No, but not. But technically this is the thing. The, the, me complaining about the technology, the, the aesthetics being different, I know that that can be explained away because it's not technically the same future. I know that. But here's the thing, I don't give a shit because... I still want to see that world. Yeah, I still that's want the to see. That yeah, that, that's they set up, and that's, I liked it. That's the feeling of the, the future in the Terminator movies. That is the inspiration that I want them to take from. So I don't care if we can technically say why it's, you know, oh, we can get away with it because technically things have changed. I don't give a shit. I don't care. This future war is not the future war of the Terminator that I envisioned for decades in my mind. It's not, and it's and the one that I envisioned in decades wasn't just out of nowhere though. It was what was shown to me in Terminator One and Two, and obviously it was going to like have new effects and be more advanced and add things to it and all sorts. But the feeling that they evoked, especially in the first movie, you know that first movie with uh, you know how dangerous it was and like going into the tunnels and it, it's a it's a really rich atmosphere that they that James Cameron came up with for those future scenes in both the first two films and this movie is broke uh, you know use that keyword there (laughs) there is so much atmosphere this movie is kind of devoid of atmosphere for the majority of the film yeah it's a little hollow all right well i think uh we can go into spoilers then so uh, i will give the spoiler warning uh here and now and so feel spoilers for the film but before we start the spoiler section i will take this time to let tara tell you about patreon yeah, if you like what we do and want to support the channel, you can go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. Um, donate as little as a dollar per month gets you a bunch of bonus content, including bonus episodes of The Ace, which is what you're watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can see our reviews of uh, some B-movies, some movies that we just think are not quite worthy of. <laughs> <laughs> 
the main show. Don't, don't, don't show. sell them like that. The, 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 the lesser movies. No, they're, they're fun and goofy. Like, we did Time well, Cop. Trancers on there. Trancers. Uh, Leviathan was the most recent Dredd. one. Yeah, 95 Judge Dredd. We, we, we did some good, good stuff. The time Cop definitely should have been on the main channel. But, you know, we needed an incentive. So, because <laughs> our opinion on Time Cop. Just a dollar. One buck. One, one buck you a month. Check out the whole back catalog. Yep, 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 yep. It keeps growing once per month. It keeps growing. And at the five dollar <laughs> tier, of course, you get to vote an episode once per month, and you get early access. Uh, so you know, uh, go go to Patreon and have a look and see if you're interested. All right, spoilers then for Terminator Salvation. <laughs> uh, we uh, start the movie uh, with a weird flashback to 2003, where Marcus is in a prison cell, and Helena Bonham Carter shows up and is like, "Hey, I'm dying of cancer, yo." Uh, could you sign your body over to science after we kill you and I'll use it for weird kinky sex science experiments uh, which may cure cancer uh, <laughs> I'm embellishing a little bit I'll admit <laughs> she started off as real gangster and then went into straight naughty mode <laughs> I mean that's Helena Bonham Carr in a nutshell isn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay. this is what happens when you don't watch Tim Burton movies <laughs> you don't know her characters <laughs> oh dear uh, so she um, he makes he signs this thing and he wants like a kiss before he signs it like that, that's his stipulation mm-hmm. I'll set it for a kiss for, for reasons that I never quite understood to be honest outside of just wanting no. a kiss <laughs> before he dies yeah. I mean he he's I like the line it, it sounds cold and like ooh. <laughs> Mm. He says that's what death tastes like. <laughs> yeah, because she's dying and he's about to, you know, die also. So it's just like a preview. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cold and cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, maybe uncomfortable. It's not the first time I've heard it after a kiss. So, um, anyway, um, <laughs> that was just supposed to be a joke, Tara. It was, it was a bit humor, <laughs> a bit of levity. So then we, then we jump forward. It's 2018, and John Connor's getting into like this, this. It's basically it's where um, his body was being worked on, this science experiment, uh, this this old base they found. And they're going in, they get attacked a little bit. Everyone down there gets killed but him because he ends up coming up to call in the helicopter and everyone dies when they're down there. And he, we have a, a scene, and this is an okay little scene where a T-600, uh, who doesn't have its legs anymore, uh, comes after him. And he kind of has to like get away and he's like shooting that and it's not quite working. And he ends up like sort of eventually winning with the... Uh, the like a big mini like a gun. Gatling gun yeah a big gatling gun from the helicopter uh which is actually one of my one of my weird things in this movie is that there's a lot of shooting at terminators in this as if it will do anything and i'm like you know better why are you using this handgun? That gatling gun went off like 45 times before it actually downed the terminator <laughs> no no but before that he's like shooting it in the face with a handgun and i'm like what do you think the handgun is going to do like i, just, I don't know i, I just... mean so did his, his mom did it too against the liquid metal she doesn't know what the liquid metal is yet, though. I mean, she knows. I mean, she's hoping it'll slow it down. This is just the metal's face. This isn't doing shit to it. <laughs> I mean, the Gatling gun did the trick eventually. It did. It did. Um, and it was a cool shot. I liked it. Plus, it was like the only time where we see John Connor be a badass <laughs> in the whole film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I would have liked more of his genius and like how he thinks through things. Because there's, there's a scene later on how he like steals one of the bikes, like one of the, the robot bikes. Um, and it's like a little plan that he has. And I like seeing him, like, you know, have a little plan, you know, work it through and be, be smart. Yeah. 
Like that that's kind of the John Connor I want to see is the strategic right. John Connor. Like a lot of great generals of history and our future should have hopefully you know, as a quality. If we're not all dead, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like I mean like John Connor. <laughs> but there's that great savior of humanity. <laughs> there is definitely an attempt to make him feel cool in the next scene though, and I hate it, where He's like, I want to find, you know, where the, the main... Sub- Again, they've got like a... This is like a total cargo plane they've got uh, that he's flying in. And he's asking to be taken to base, which turns out is a submarine. And the guy's like, nah, that's a need-to-know basis. You're not, you don't need to know the, name of the, the place of the main base. And he's like, well, I'll just jump there and tell him to come and get me. You know, get some divers to come and get me. And he just, like, jumps out of the plane, like, as if it's nothing. And it's like, it just drops into the rough ocean. And all I could think was they're trying really hard in this scene to make him feel like a badass and it's just making me roll my eyes. Like, it just feels so forced. Yeah. And then we get Michael Ironside. It works when Captain America does it. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, he's actually enhanced <laughs> for a start. Yes. Um, but, you know, he gets yelled at Michael Ironside and then the guy's like, oh yeah, there's like a civilian somewhere called Kyle Reese uh, at LA, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Here's the thing I don't like. Yes, okay, go on. <laughs> The reason, the reason his name is brought up is because he's on a list of John Connor is on the list of Terminator, like kill list for Terminators. Mm. They're looking for John Connor, and he is number two on that list. And number one is Kyle Reese. And I don't know why the Terminators would know Kyle Reese's name. Yeah. I don't know why they would know his name, and I don't know because you would think like Sarah Connor would keep that information. And so would John. Like, he doesn't... Like, no one else knows that Kyle Reese is his father. And Terminator shouldn't know that. And... Excuse me for sniffing. <laughs> That's fine. There you go. But, um... And, and the worst thing that happens from that is is later on in the film when Kyle Reese is actually imprisoned by Terminators. Or by Skynet. And, like, they don't just kill him. Like, he's number one on their kill list. I'm jumping way ahead, but like, yeah. But I hate this introduction. I, I, I yeah, really I do. It. I know you said you hated it because it's, it's like anticlimactic for him to hear that name at that moment. But it, it just doesn't make sense. It rings like poor writing for yeah, me. It, it rings false on multiple levels. Oh, you froze! Look at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a crazy look. That's like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> look. Um, so. I like, yeah, like I agree. I agree. Like it's it's, it's bad in multiple levels. Yeah. Yeah. What are you laughing at? I try to get the pose back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't quite nail it. Don't quite nail it. Nope. So can't do those candid ones. Yeah. So yeah. So Marcus wakes up though. He wakes up out of the place they were, uh, and he's all like, covered in mud, but he steals this dead guy's uniform. Saunters off into the city, and you know he's he's walking down a street, and he sees like a T six hundred down in the distance. And he's like, "Hey, Mister Robot." Hello, I'm lost. Can you help me, please? And Hello, sir. <laughs> Where's everybody? And young Kyle <laughs> just jumps out from the scene, like pins him down because the the obviously the T six hundred starts shooting at him, and he's like, "Come on, you idiot! We can't you can't be shot. You know we have to like sort of like run and hide." And you know how many his friend, his little his little kid friend, have got like a whole trap set up, all this like rubble they're going to drop on it, and this you know this is quite smart. Again, this is the sort of stuff we should see John Connor doing, not Kyle Reese. But you know Kyle should be learning this from john connor in fact yeah. hell there's even a moment where uh marcus like shows him how to like uh like not get a gun grabbed off him and it's like 
This is like a father-son moment. Why isn't John Connor having this moment with him? That would feel like it makes more sense. This weird, you know, cyclical thing. <sighs> right, yeah. Goddamn I mean, writers. I, I don't I don't hate that he's learning how to do these things from Marcus. Because clearly John Connor is, like, just not cool in this film at all. <laughs> and whose fault is that? I think it's a series of unfortunate decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it starts with the writers. I think the writers, like, this, they wrote a script that was not interested in exploring John Connor, which is infuriating. Anyway. Well, they, they wrote a script where they wanted to explore a different type of machine. Like, right? Like, it's supposed to be, like, the line between humans and machines, which we've sort of seen in other Terminator movies. Like, um, in order to beat the machine, you have to become like it, you know? Or, um, or the dangers of becoming too much like the machines, and then you lose your humanity. And this is like, okay, well, let's just take that theme and make a hybrid. <laughs> I'm jumping again, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's fine. You could, you could, you could scale up the way if you need to. It's, I like, I just, it's a really weird focus for me. And I don't necessarily hate the character of Marcus. Like, I, if anything, I'd feel like it's fine to have him here and have the idea they're going for. This well, idea. he's kind of the most interesting character in the movie, which is a shame. But well, yeah, I mean that's true. But like, I don't want him to be have his plot at the expense of actually giving the supposed made character. And I say that because Marcus is dead at the end of this. Marcus does not survive until the next movie. Like, he's he's you know he's a okay, one. You're and done. jumping ahead too, so now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is why John Carter should be at least equal, if not more, the main focus because John Carter is going to be the thrill aid for your whole trilogy. I mean, it never happened, but like you know that that was the the whole point. So they bought a little bit, and they did the, the traveling, they look for a car, and uh, they they end up at a, a gas station for looking for gas, and these uh, sort of bandits come out. It's very Fallout Three kind of thing. And like, no, nah, this is our gas station. You can't take stuff. But there's a nice old lady who's like, no, 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 no. This little one needs to eat. We'll give them some stuff. Uh, we'll be nice. And they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But of course, yeah. This is the part that reminds me of a uh, like a zombie film, where you like have to, <laughs> you have to survive against other humans as well as your common enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't that's think was I necessary. Was although the scene that's later that also sort of makes you think of that is much worse. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, uh, yeah, so the giant Transformer Terminator shows up. It starts to grab people out of the building. Um, how did it sneak up on them? <laughs> yes, how quietly was this thing walking? It's like a skyscraper. It is huge. Like, maybe if they showed it, like, actually transform, maybe it's, it's, it's literally got, like, a vehicle mode that can slowly just roll. <laughs> like, maybe then I'll buy it. It's got, like, two Prius engines yeah. <laughs> on its feet. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. You think about how hard it is for even a car to sneak up on you. Like, you, you, if there's a car that stops outside your house at any time, you can kind of you can hear the engine and then you can hear the door slam. You can always hear those two things. Yeah, that it's very noticeable. Uh huh. Yeah, this thing is enormous. It's like it's like a giant transformer. It's like a or like Godzilla just snuck up on you somehow. <laughs> it's the it's the same complaint as it had the Jurassic Park. Like how did the T Rex like get in there without everyone hearing it? Given especially since the rest of the film. Yeah, but that's a great movie, so we don't care. Yeah, but the rest of the film is like showing you how much like you notice it coming because the water and the the, the 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 rumble and everything. Mm-hmm. By the end, it's able to stealth in <laughs> because plot. Hey, that that T Rex can do a lot of things. It can scale walls. Yes, it can. <laughs> like you say, it's a good movie, so you don't really care, but. 
Um, yeah. But when, when it's not a good movie, you will nitpick it because it's mm-hmm. it's sucky. So I have a big action scene, uh, which is not too bad. As much as I don't like the uh, Transformer Terminator itself, I don't mind the action scene where they're in the truck and they have to, have to try and blow it up. And the, the, you know, they, they do that little reference where they use like a like a flare. It's very similar to the paint bombs from Terminator One. It's a very similar kind of visual, and I think mm-hmm. that's intentional. I think it's intentionally trying to conjure the image of Kyle Reese with the paint bombs. You know, that's that's okay. And you know, the bikes are chasing. Them. Obviously, they're eventually getting nabbed anyway, except, except obviously Marcus, who's left alone. But I don't really understand the need to have the little girl with them because little kids make you sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand like why Kyle Reese needs to have her there. Like I, I think it's kind of cool that she's she was born like after Judgment Day, so she's got like all this trauma and stuff, and like that's a that's a neat thing to have. But she could just be like, I don't know, in the Resistance base, have her like following Kyle Reese around, and he's always taking care of her. <coughs> I, I think it's an odd choice. I, I don't think I need it in the movie, and yeah, it's a pluffless. Yeah, it, it just it just sits there. She doesn't really, yeah. She doesn't really add anything to the film. Yeah, um, Marcus is left on his own. Um, basically, John realizes John Connor realizes because he's like hearing over the chat that there's activity happening and there's civilians, and he knows it's it's Kyle, and he's like, "Oh, send in fighter jets, send in fighter jets." Again, I hate that they have fighter jets. Like what? <laughs> uh, but they send in fighter jets and try and help them by t- blasting the Terminators, and they take down one of the flying ones, and that's whatever. But. Um, Marcus is left on his own, and it's one of the fighter pilots who turns out to be Moonbloodgood's character, who's uh, Blair. And she is dangling, he helps her down, and they end up walking together, and they you know, they have this whole thing where they're out in the rain, and there's the, the campfire. Um, and there's a weird scene where we get, the, the again, the very zombie apocalypse thing, where there's the bandits, the, the untrustworthy people who are vicious. Yeah. They try and assault her uh, sexually, and... Ultimately, that this felt a little bit forced to me as well because it felt like that's the whole purpose of this scene is just to let Marcus be a hero. Like it felt like no, we have to care about him so that when it's revealed what he is, we we trust that he's a good person. You know, in the next. Well, yeah, of scenes. I mean, the first scene you you see him and like he's a convict on death row. Like he he yeah. has to have something that's redeemable, right? Yeah, but see, like that's that just feels like a really cheap way of doing it to me. I guess, but I like that she also seemed pretty capable at the beginning of it like eventually she's overwhelmed because there's yeah. like four against one like whatever yeah it's understandable but i at least like her character a lot and you know it's yeah she's okay. maybe, yeah, she, maybe she, people disagree but i liked i liked the way she was done before you told me about the boobs <laughs> <laughs> no but she, she's all right like I, I don't have a problem with her specifically it's just the concept of this scene it's just it's the easy way to get sympathy you know it's, 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 it's the same with like a horror movie like how do you make the villain evil or you have them do this kind of thing it's just the, the cheap easy way to do it yeah it, it, it's, so. it, it feels so out of place in this movie even even though we had the orderlies in the second one who were kind of you know sleazy like but you need you need somebody who sees marcus as human and she does yeah, I just I, I think there was maybe a, a better way of having her see that without going down this trope. You know, because it feels so out of place in Terminator. Like, when have we ever had characters like this in the Terminator? Like, when have we ever had this at all? It's so totally yeah. out well, of place. Bill Paxton? I think they were punks, but they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> and they were trying to do it to the Terminator. Their, their, their chances were slim <laughs> at best. <laughs> I miss Bill Paxton. Yeah, I do too. He's great. 
If you haven't seen Near Dark, you have to watch Near Dark for Bill Paxton. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Unless you're telling the people out there. Well, you and the people. I'd say it to everyone. <laughs> watch Near Dark. It's one of the best vampire movies ever made. And it's also got Lars Henriksen in it. And Jeanette Goldstein. It's an Aliens reunion. What? Yeah, and it's also Catherine Bigelow's best movie. I'll stand by that. I'll fight. Whoa. I like Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty is good. Do I like, like The Hurt Locker too. I like... That's also good. Actually, I really like Point Break. <laughs> I, I only saw Point Break once. I don't have fond memories of it. Maybe I'd like it more if I saw it again. But I think you would. Um, I think when I saw it, it just felt like, a, like an earlier version of Fast and the Furious because it's actually the exact same plot as Fast and the Furious, the first one. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can't blame Point Break for that. I can, but it was on my mind. And um, that said, I completely uh, I've never forgot... seen the first Fast and the Furious movie because I have zero don't. interest in cars. <laughs> don't it's it's, it's it's bullshit it's so boring i've seen the seventh one and i actually kind of liked it because it was just like it's a silly fun, yeah um, yeah i think like, five onwards are like that but film. the first one is about <laughs> them stealing dvd players off the back of a truck that's like the plot of the first one um yeah no interest yeah no don't so they bond a little bit they go back to the base and there's mines that are magnetic which kind of is the first big hint that he's got metal in him you know it's like oh he's, he's, he's a machine you say the first big hint but we all watched the trailer for the movie Assuming you hadn't seen, I just at the context of the movie, <laughs> which is uh, we have to bring it up though, right? Sure. I mean, it's you... one of the biggest travesties in <laughs> in movie trailer history, and it's not exclusive to this Terminator film. They did it in Genesis also. Oh, it's even worse than Genesis. Think they did it in T two. T two. Where they? What you mean, Arnold? They show, like, imagine when you first saw. Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator in T2 and you didn't know that he was the good guy. Okay, uh, that's fair, but the thing with T2 is though, is that that's not like a big like third act thing or anything like that. That's not even a second act thing. That is something we learn very early on in the film. Sure. You know, it's yeah. kind of the premise yeah, I imagine of T2. it would be tough, but wouldn't that be awesome though? Because the last time you saw the Terminator was in the sure. first movie where he was this unstoppable killing machine even in 1991 i think it was impossible to save that for the movie okay i think it was impossible you so like terminator 2 it's a pass but here's, here's the thing about terminator genesis example of this though is that the thing that that movie spoils is also something that's so horrendous as an idea that i'm almost glad it spoiled it because it, at least my expectations going in were in the exact right place i'm not convinced now that you say that this is supposed to be a trilogy that john connor wouldn't have gone that route anyway of becoming like marcus Oh god! Oh god! I hope not. Like I'm glad it didn't happen then. <laughs> well, no part of it. It does happen. It happens in Genesis. Genesis is not a continuity with Salvation. Well, maybe it loosely is the same way. This is loosely it continuity with Terminator Three, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No, I, I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so he gets captured because he blows up in a mine, and he's like half of his face is like. Well, his face isn't too bad yet. That happens a little bit later. But, you know, his chest is all open. And there's metal. And it's like, oh, you're your machine. But he's got all the memories of the man. He's got all the, the, the soul and the memories of, of Marcus. John's like, oh, you've we've been at war since before either of us were born. And you've tried to kill my mother and blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, it's this is the big thing that bugs me. Is that I wanted Marcus to say the name Kyle Reese. And have that be the thing. Especially, I mean, obviously I said earlier that I wanted it to be the first time that, that John hears it. But even in this context, I say that he'd already, we'd already heard it, whatever. Marcus doesn't say Kyle Reese to John. John Connor says it first to him. And it just, the moment just feels weird that it's like, well, also, Marcus can't, like, like 
you know, he's like, oh, I don't care, Larice, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, it just it feels it feels so weird and like unproven now. Whereas if he had said it first, it'd be this the thing that that makes Junkard doubt that maybe oh maybe he is not like super evil or at least there's a reason to not kill him right now. There's a reason to keep yeah. it around. Like you know, I don't know. Bug me. It bug yeah. me. Uh, and it makes him question everything because like his mum never told him about like these weird flesh hybrids kind of thing. Um, so he's he's feeling all doubtful. And well, Kate, why, Kate's why around. Why do they just... exist? Is it because they're trying to like was was Helen Bottom Carter part of Skynet or was she like a former Skynet employee or something doing her own thing? Well, she was a part. Of, she, well, she was a part of Cyberdyne for sure, or part of the company. Cyberdyne. Like, okay, yeah, and so were they just trying to like cure cancer by? Like, is that why these Terminators were even models so that they can be like housing for humans so that we don't have our flimsy bodies anymore and we can live forever or something? Is was that like the the goal of Assume, Cyberdyne? Assuming they already existed, I mean. I mean, maybe you could say that they had plans for, like, sort of, like, spare bodies, essentially, for people so they could switch. Maybe Skynet, like, looked at those plans in their history and said, oh, we can use that for our, or my purpose, or, you know, the machine's purpose. Uh, we'll use that as a fake body for, for my Terminators, kind of thing. Well, right, that's why they have humans there, right, is because they're trying to to copy, like, human flesh so that they can bake, make their new Terminators that will go back in time and all Presumably. that although in terminator one kyle does say they have humans building things working for them um which we don't really see any examples of in this movie um but hey ho <laughs> hey ho indeed yeah screw you movie that's what i'm saying uh <laughs> so yeah no it's just like yeah i don't really get exactly like is she the, is she in charge of cyberdyne is she like high up in the company is she like, I don't get it either. I don't, I don't get, like, they never really go into exactly who she is or what her role is or why she has the power to do this. If well, she I mean, I think does. that's kind of a cool, you know, lore thing is that if that's what, that's why they were working on human-like machines is because eventually they want to make something well, 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 for our bodies or to so we can get rid of the the human body that breaks down easily and will okay, die. But, on, why why are you assuming forever in Tara, why, this new form? Why are you but, assuming that they were working on it at all? Well, because of Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this movie. Why else would he exist? This like, movie. What What is he other than something? A science experiment for something like that. Well, sure. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think the reason why Skynet's using them is the purpose he was originally intended for. Like, I feel like if we're going with the idea that they were doing something genuine with him, with his body, that Skynet has repurposed whatever the research originally was. Like, it wasn't like the purpose they were using him for in two thousand three is not the same reason that Skynet ended up using him, or the same purpose that he they ended up using him for. Right. What else could it be though? Because he was on death row. So he had to be brought back to life with machines. I don't know. Like, no, I don't mind the idea that that Cyberdyne were working on some kind of like design be- before Terminator, you know, before Judgment Day happened, and Skynet have repurposed it for themselves. But I actually don't really like. I always like the idea that everything that's built um, from 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 the Terminators was just Skynet's idea. It was just its own design, and. Up until this movie, there's no suggestion really that there was any design from Cyberdyne to build like actual Terminators or, or whatever, 
right? There was no hint that they, they were already working on these bodies. There was a deleted scene in Terminator 3, which I know you want to talk about, um, that kind of hinted that they were building, like, drone Terminator, like, human things. You mean with Sergeant Candy? I'm Sergeant Candy. Hi, I'm Sergeant Candy. <laughs> if you've not seen this deleted scene for Terminator 3, they dub Arnold's voice, who plays this character who they're, they're basing his body after, which, by the way, is stupid, first and foremost, that they tried to even do this. I'm glad they deleted it. Because the whole, the whole point is that the 101 is Arnold. So there's a 102, there's a 103, there's other models of, like, designs that look different. So wh- why are they trying to make a big deal out of, like, just this one that we know? This is this is the one that they're going to use. Like, no, they, they, they have more than one. It's a ridiculous scene. It's a ridiculous scene. And they scene. need to be cut. But it is so worth watching. Oh, it's funny, it's hilarious. <laughs> just so you could see what could have been. Um, and it wouldn't have been out of place in Terminator 3 for as ridiculous as it is yeah but, i wish they cut out a lot more scenes sure <laughs> a good half the movie at least yeah um yeah. i i do like I, like i said I, I don't hate the idea that cyberdyne were working on something and sky like the next stage of human evolution like they're trying to force it right sure but because as... she is dying she has cancer she is on herself on death row so she is she has some kind of motivation what i'm saying is though is i don't think that has anything to do with the terminators making their or the skynet making their terminators so you think that skynet made marcus no 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 no. in this context what you're saying is that whatever they did to him before judgment day it's an accident that he's woken up but it isn't because the, the end skynet says no 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 we wanted to send you no, after no, no. i know the skynet is using him yeah and like that's the whole thing like he rips out the chip and all that yeah so like but, i know that part but i but my, my thing is though is that i would take it as an accident that he just will happen to woke, wake up because this explosion happened and it woke him up so whatever was happening to him before um judgment day is what did it but it's not because we know it isn't because skynet confirms that it isn't later but yeah um i don't think what they what whatever cyberdyne or the scientists were doing to to marcus is in anything anything really to do with the idea of putting living tissue over their own metal endoskeletons? Um, they may have taken the, the 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 research. They may have looked at it. And, you know, Skynet may have looked at it in history and said, "Hey, I can do that on the, our machines to make them infiltrators. We can do that." Um, sure. I d- I do kind of hate though that the the whole plan here to like have like this like flesh hybrid Terminator, like this real person with real memories. I kind of hate how that exists around the same time that the first T- T-800 exists. Like, surely this should be more advanced. <laughs> yeah. That kind of bugs me. But yeah, so they've got him captured. And uh, Moonblindgood uh, lets him out because she sees him as a man and escape- lets him escape. There's a bit of an action scene as, as they're escaping. Uh, and John actually lets him go because John gets attacked by... like They've got these weird, like, uh, like swimming like tentacle terminators. I thought they were a bit weird. They're all right. I mean, they kind of... I don't really know what their purpose is. Underwater surveillance, in... I guess. <laughs> basically I guess, yeah. Um, but... They'd be better at finding submarines then. But Marcus uh, saves him. Marcus saves him and kills the thing. And at this point, he's, he's, he's been had a lot of fire in his face, so he's, he's half of his like head's like been <laughs> melted off and you can see the metal. John kind of trusts him enough to like, he'll let me go and like have a chance of going to like see if Kale's alive. I, I, I need to go and save Kale. He's like, tell me if he's alive and I'll, I'll come in, blah, 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 with the cavalry, yada, yada, yada. And 
you know, John's whole thing here is that basically Michael Ironside wants to just bomb the shit out of this place because they've, they've got this thing, they've got this like digital code that will turn the machines off. They've got this like kill switch code they think they have, the signal that they can broadcast. And obviously I'm sitting thinking like, of course you're not because there's maybe more of these movies and this is far too easy and cheap and you know, like, <laughs> it has to be tougher than this. Because um, they, literally they have this plan, the first time he goes to see Michael Ironside like 20 minutes into the movie, if that, They've already got this plan that will just win the war. And I'm like, no, you're not giving me the solution to the war 15 minutes into the first future war movie. There's no way this is real and going to happen. So I don't believe you for a second. Yeah. Uh, but he wants to bomb the place and John's like, no, but I've got evidence to suggest that there's hundreds, if not thousands of like innocent people in there and we're going to kill them. And I do kind of like the idea that he like, the one, the, the one thing he says in his big speech, even though I think most of the speech falls flat, the one idea that I like in his speech when he's on the radio, he's like, if you're listening to this, you're the resistance, is he says, there's no point in winning this war if we're no better than them. I actually like that idea. This idea mm-hmm. that if we're not going to keep our humanity, then what's the goddamn point? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like that. Good, good line. It's a good line. I, uh, like, I like that idea. He's no Churchill, but yeah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and I'm, I'm going to say something. As, as much as I've nitpicked a lot of things in this movie, and as much as I've complained about a lot of things in this movie, I might shock you with something I'm about to say that I liked. Oh, I didn't think you would have it. I liked list. <laughs> I, well, I don't hate. I don't hate. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate that I'll be back. And. Oh, yeah. I didn't hate it. I actually think it kind of works. And again, it, I wish that the movie actually focused on him so it felt more like a big deal when he said it. But when he's leaving... <laughs> kind of gave a little fist pump. Yeah, and Kate's like, oh, what do I tell all these people that you've inspired? Uh, you know, all these people that see you as a leader, what do I tell them when I, when I, I tell them the, the leader's gone? And he just sort of pauses and goes, I'll be back. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be honest, you set it up perfectly. It doesn't feel too forced. It felt just right. It worked. Oh, it was good. Um, Bravo. Um... And I like that he rides in a bike because that kind of harkens back to his original character. I do think I'm using the exact Guns N' Roses song was maybe just a touch on the nose. <laughs> just a touch on the nose. <laughs> I can't get the main goddamn theme, but I get that Guns N' Roses song. Thanks. Thanks, movie. <laughs> Honestly, for the most part, once it gets to the, the factory slash lab slash prison, whatever, you know, whatever this big building is, and I hate that it's got keypads, and there's one big thing I hate in the middle of all this, but I mostly like a lot of what this like last half hour is, because it turns into more of a, a Terminator movie in the sense that there's a lot of like running from a Terminator. There's a lot of ducking and diving, dark corridors. It feels a bit more like the techno horror movie that I kind of want. There is a plot twist that happens that I kind of hate. Yes. But as soon as the Terminator shows up, I'm like. I love this film. <laughs> you don't love this <laughs> From film. From this point on, this movie that you are giving me, I love it. He is so menacing and terrifying. He has... But imagine... You, you see him and you see young Arnold Schwarzenegger and it looks great. The like, fir- I know you well, said you had a little bit of problem with the face or whatever. The first, the, I did. The first time you see the face, it does look a little bit off. It is, and here's the thing. It's not that... He's it got lo- like this scowl that I just... is. It's not that it doesn't look real. It's that it doesn't just it doesn't look exactly like Arnold. That, that it's, that's why it's a little bit off in looking like him. Not that it doesn't look. It's not that it looks fake. It's that it looks just slightly off from being Arnold. The rest of the scene, though, uh, well, he's still got his face because he doesn't have his face for very long. Um, 
it looks fine. Well, but, that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But the the first moment where it first like tilts up his body, the camera goes up his body. All noticeably, there's a nice shadow over the mid region, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it gets to his face. There's just a little bit. It's the side of his mouth. It just feels a little bit off to me. Um, I I I didn't mind. Like I know what you're saying, but I I didn't mind it. Like it looks like an assembly line. Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming off, but it looks real, like like you said. So it's it's okay with me. Here's what's happening in this scene: it's John Connor versus the original Terminator, right? It's, it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's a T one haircut. He's got the T one Arnold hair. Okay, this is yeah. I I want John Connor fighting the first ever, mm-hmm. like the first one that steps out the out the assembly line that's here in the building uh, where they build these damn things. It's this Terminator and it's John Connor fighting this right. exact Terminator. And you get a moment of like that film that you want to see that that cyberpunk where there's yeah, this that... terrifying unstoppable force is coming after you and it's the danger is real and this racing against the clock and it's look at what a terminator sequel could be could be if you just made this movie Who's it's the... kind of like but... what rogue one does with with the darth vader scene at the end you're just like wow that was incredible like two minutes like can i get a movie of that please yeah <laughs> this is the thing it's not that i need the terminator the whole time he can just show up here in this final act like this this could feel special the problem is that the rest of the film doesn't earn this the rest of the film does not have an engaging story no, is... but when you get it it's like oh what a sweet relief you know <laughs> but it doesn't build up to it it doesn't have like this momentum like it doesn't you don't care about john connor um, so even though this this is a listen a response because we care about the franchise and we care about the past of the franchise, it doesn't really earn and it, it. it. This scene feels like it belongs in that franchise, and not just because you're seeing Arnold. It it feels like a Terminator film. No, and don't get me wrong. I don't think it's perfect. I think it could be better directed. I don't think me, geez, you know, it's not as good as Cameron. He's not, you know, like it just isn't. But it's serviceable. It gets it gets. Well, he has no horror in his movie, and the I think he's fine in action. I think his action scenes are actually pretty good, but. Like the, I like the chase scenes. I mean, G's problem. Uh, G's problem is not action, though. I mean, G's problem is characters and and performances. He he's not good. He doesn't know how to like actually supervise a script to actually make sure the script's good. You know, or he or he's just bad at picking scripts. Um, and he's not good with like drama. That's what he's bad at. Yeah, there's a lot that's missing. You know, character wise from from the film. Like, uh, like I don't mind Marcus, but if they want to do this like whole, um what makes somebody human and what makes someone a machine. Uh, I think they really needed to lean more into that in order for me to like yeah, they, be they satisfied they, with that theme. They whiff it. They whiff it so hard because it's just not enough. There's just It's just so hollow. It's just not there to yeah. really count on. And, you know, so so much happens to this Terminator. You know, he, he shoots a melting pot of like uh, molten metal on him and it melts all the skin off of him. And then he shoots like a liquid nitrogen tank. And I, I did laugh a little bit that these two things were so close to each other. Like, yeah. I, I guess it makes sense. I guess the whole point is is that if there's like an accidental spill, the, it, cool. yeah, is that the, the, the cold thing will is there to like help with that. But it just made me laugh that, okay, it's, it's two extremes, molten metal and then, <laughs> and then liquid nitrogen. And he like you know completely freezes over and he's like got his hand out and it's like okay that's a neat little touch and he's like sort of like starting to like break down and shatter like and get free as like you know john's doing his thing and he's setting up the bombs it's the terminator fuel cells he he also has the like molten melty hand and he gives him that john connor scar that we see that's right yeah the future he gives him the actual scar that how he gets his scar okay (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, which is okay. Like it, that's one of those prequel things <laughs> that that annoys me. I, I hate when prequels do this thing. And, and even though it's set in the future, is a prequel. It's a prequel to the story we it, know. Yeah. The the future war, even though it's in the future, <laughs> is a prequel to Terminator One and Two. It just is. And I one of the things that I hear about prequels is where they try to make big deals out of like little details that didn't really matter before. I mean, that's what's yeah, okay. It's true that that, that's what's the scar okay. Scar doesn't really matter, but it's a big gash in his face. <laughs> oh yeah. When you see John Connor, you're like, wow, I wonder how you got that scar. Uh, and it, it makes sense that he would get it from a Terminator because he's part of that war. It, it, it's from an Arnold Terminator, and that makes it kind of special, right? Don't get me wrong. I, I think this one's okay, but it's one of the things that I have a problem with prequels in general is that they they often fill, fall victim to just doing nothing but this. The Star Wars prequels are absolute garbage for this. Um, this is, I, I mean, I I don't hate the prequels. But I, with the exception of the third one, I really, really hate Revenge of the Sith because that's all this move that movie is. It's just, oh, here's how we connect point A to point yeah. B, and but it doesn't actually make sense, like because it doesn't follow its own rules of its universe, like, and it just makes me more frustrated. <laughs> yeah, no, I like uh, like Better Call Saul is like the one good example I can give you is a prequel that is like a, a fantastic and might even end up surpassing the original thing. But even that, even that fell victim to it once. There was one scene in season four of Better Call Saul that did the wink, wink. Here's that thing from you know from Breaking Bad, how he gets the thing. There was one moment, <laughs> and the scene is not that bad, but it stuck out. When me and Carl reviewed it, it was like this is the only scene I have disliked in this entire, like in four seasons of this show. It's the only <laughs> one scene that has given me that prequel feeling, because that show is exceptional. Otherwise, that Better Call Saul is fantastic. If you don't watch Better Call yeah, Saul. Yeah, I've heard great things. Uh, I'm not talking to you. I mean, you should too. But like, I'm talking to the, the, the people. Um, I never finished Breaking Bad, so yeah, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> and Breaking Bad was a great show. I liked all the seasons that I watched of it. I'm just not a TV person, you know. If it's not Star okay. Trek, I don't really care. <laughs> I can only invest in one franchise. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, this Terminator stuff's pretty good. You know, uh, John Connor running away from it, doing all this stuff. Um, eventually, he does get stabbed, and Marcus has to come in and kill the Terminator, which, I mean, even just go, this whole movie we've been saying, they keep making John Connor look weak, and the movie focuses on Marcus instead of him. Marcus literally comes in and saves his ass and kills the Terminator on his own. <laughs> By ripping his head yeah. off, might I add. So we have to go back to Marcus's side of this, and this is the part that sucks. This is the part that I hate. And it's the part where... Like, as much as Marcus isn't too bad for most of the movie, because this is where his plot's always going to go, I can't help but kind of just already have that distaste in my mouth um, for the whole thing. Because what did I say in the spoiler-free section? What did I say? Skynet should not have a voice. It should not have a face. We should never hear Skynet talk. Because Skynet doesn't need to goddamn talk. It's uh, om- omnipotent as Skynet. Right? Mm-hmm. But no, Helena Bonham Carr's face comes up on the screen and starts talking to him as if it's Skynet. <laughs> and sure, it says that, okay, it took this face because it's something he recognizes, but that's just a cop-out. Like, piss off. I'd, like, it, Skynet should never speak. It should never be characterized in any way. One of the cool things about Skynet is it doesn't need to do that. It doesn't give a shit about talking. It doesn't need to talk. It doesn't care about talking or it voting. It makes it look weaker. It does. Um, and Terminator Jessica... You make it human and I think it can be like defeated like a human i don't i don't like that and i'm not saying that i have a problem with other like ai stories that have like a like a persona or an embodiment like that can work you know those games and movies that have done this and it's fine but i mean 
in their sure, own thing. But then they have, they always have that thing that makes them more than human, that reminds you of it. You know, like, like how nine thousand is completely without empathy, or you know, he's focused on just his well, one. Well, yeah, but Skynet can have that. Scary. You know, but no, but Skynet, Skynet could have that too, and I don't care. I don't want it. I don't want Skynet to even have that. Like Sky, this, the beautiful thing about Skynet is that it's completely devoid of anything remotely human. No face, no voice, no personality, no nothing. It doesn't Not need anymore. Any of those things, right? And yeah, HAL 9000 is great, but it's HAL 9000. It's its own thing. It can be over there doing its own thing. Uh, the creepy, like, talking head from, like, uh, or talking voice from, like, the the uh, uh, System Shock games or whatever, like, like anything that's got, like, a creepy AI, like, it can have a voice, it can have a face, it can do what it wants. It's its own thing. But what I love about Skynet is that it's not those things. Uh, and it isn't those things in any of the canonical movies, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and this is something that Genesis does even worse. Genesis, like, gives them, like, like a body. Like, Genesis, like, there's, like, a Skynet walking around. And I hate it. Just you wait. If you think I'm passionate on this one, just you wait until I'm seething on that one. And, uh, I'm going to withhold my opinion. I did see it in theaters, but I don't. I don't rem- remember my reaction being like hor- horrible towards it, but I'm sure that it will be now that I've watched all the films back to back. Well, you know how I was complaining about the prequel thing and like, you know, like, oh, wink, wink, this is where this and thing came from. It doesn't quite have that because it's not exactly a prequel, but all Genesis says is like, remember that moment from T1 or T2? We're going to do it again right here. We're going to do this moment. We're going to do that moment. Yeah. We can't even spell He's the title correctly. The best part. I like seeing Arnold. <laughs> I just love Arnie so much. He's the greatest human. Brace yourself. Brace yourself for Terminator Genesis because yeah, <laughs> it's it's Batman v Superman bad. May even be Suicide Squad bad. Oh, I don't know about that. We're, we're gonna have we're gonna talk. That's about That's gonna it. take some convincing. We're gonna talk about it. Um, it may not be as bad editing as Suicide Squad, but I think the script makes up for it. The script in Genesis is it makes it as bad as Suicide Squad. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, Marcus comes and saves them, and uh, you know he talks to Skynet for a bit, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we, you know you are the ultimate infiltration unit. You you can get close because you're actually human with feelings and emotions, and yada yada yada." Again, I feel like this is something they should try after trying with like a Terminator, like a, you know at the T eight hundred, um, because it feels like it's more advanced. It feels like you try it with the T eight hundred because remember in Terminator one, Kyle says that they had these ones with rubber skin. Which by the way, where are those in this this movie? Like I wanted to see those. Those sound creepy as shit. Where are these rubber skin Terminators? Yeah, right. Just like mannequins walking around. Oh, God. That could murder you. Right. I want to see those damn things. Right. And the idea that that didn't work, so it made the, the flesh more lifelike. It's okay, we can make the body look real. And that's the new version. But something doesn't still quite work because it doesn't act human enough. It doesn't, you know, the, the, it doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have emotion. It, it, it can't quite come across as human in the, the personality. So this is logically the next step is actually give it a memory give it a personality give it like the memories of a real person that this should be later in the timeline not here but i mean maybe that's nitpicky but that bugs me it it bugs me that the whole reason marx's storyline exists is just because it was always supposed to be that he was supposed to bring both kyle reese and john connor to skynet yeah when everything seems so coincidental and that any moment like, like he just happened to run into Kyle Reese he was never always supposed to find him 
This is the same problem with every like, like master plan that a villain has in movies, where you start right, actually. I had the same problem in what's that movie that I hated that we watched? Captive State. Yes, because that has a similar ending. Like, oh, this was all part of the plan. But like, yeah. no, your plan is terrible. Like, yeah, it all worked out, but everything was based on random events. It doesn't. It's a horrible plan. Yeah, that, that, this, is, that, this is something that's not unique to this movie or even that movie. This is something that happens a lot. Uh, with villains. Yeah, and it's never yeah. okay. Oh, it never is. No, it's, it's terrible. It's such a cheap. Every time. It's such a cheap writing. I I don't like it. Like I don't accept it anytime it's in a film. Yeah, I hate it. No, I agree. I completely agree. Um. So afterwards, we find out that John Connor is going to die. His heart's given out because he got stabbed through it. The movie ends with with Marcus saying he can have my heart. I'll give him my heart. And he's basically, you know, giving himself over and letting himself die. And he's like, this is my second chance to be a good person, so I'm going to take it. Here's the problem with this scene. Is that this movie has not devoted enough time to John Connor and made us care about John Connor in this movie, that this doesn't feel right. Like, he's not earned us caring about him enough that we think it's okay for this other person to be like, oh, just take my heart. We don't care about John Connor enough to be okay with this decision. The only the only way this would work for me is if Marcus knew how important John Connor was for humanity, but he doesn't. Yeah, he's just some guy. Like he assumes he's important, and, that's... and that he'll be important, but he doesn't know. Like if he if he really is choosing humanity over the machine side of him, yeah, and wants to save John Connor to save humanity, then he should know that John Connor is the reason that human humanity survives this war. But he and doesn't. He's that, just like, but that's hey, not, guy, that was kind of nice to me after we they, fought for a little while. Here's my heart, and you, now I'm dead. You could actually make it work without him knowing completely. Like, see, as much as I hate him talking to Skynet, maybe he could do it just looking through the computer because we see him looking through the system at one point. But you could, you could, you could soft sell it to me that it's not so much that he knows how important John Connor is in terms of he knows what he's going to do. But it's the idea that Skynet's scared of him enough. Like if if you, if you, if not, they don't do this in the movie. But let's say Skynet really made it clear that it's scared of John Connor surviving. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do do that a little bit, but like you could it, you could make it work that way. Yeah, but like, yeah, you're right. It's it's um, but they don't earn anything in this, and the the emotion at the end is not earned with John Connor because he's not been the main character. We don't care about him enough to actually care that. Some... which is odd because we've had a whole franchise of films that says we should care about them but the weird thing is though is that the movie like obviously the the heart of the movies one and two was sarah connor like that and that was the yeah. th that's the thing that the movies are really about it's about heart and it's about um you know like and obviously the second one is kind of equal with heart and the terminator but they're both two sides of the same humanity coin mm-hmm Terminator, yeah, it's still Sarah Connor's story. Terminator Salvation or any future war movie was always going to have to deal with the fact that, okay, it's not Sarah Connor's story anymore. This is John Connor's story. And this movie isn't John Connor's story. It just doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. This is... I mean, the third one was, and it, they totally, you know, shit the bed on that one also. Yeah. Like, it's... It, they really just whiffed. It was awful. They just don't know how... It, this is the thing. I, I've seen arguments after three and salvation that oh you can't just do it without sarah connor and i love sarah connor sarah connor is the the focus of that first movie she's like half the focus of the second movie but i don't believe that for a second that you can't do a good terminator story about john connor you absolutely can you just have to actually write a compelling character you idiots i don't know maybe you 
Yeah. Well, they definitely have not done that for. No, they haven't. Like, but there's no reason. Friends. There's no reason why you can't. He's not that complicated a character. There's... Even even when he's a teenager, like he he's not the John Connor that we hear about. So, but let's, yeah. let's just let's think about the, the possibilities well, they here. Get away with it, but it's still, he, he's still not that. We haven't seen this John Connor that we've been told exists in the future. Basically, it wouldn't be that hard though. Think of how interesting like this character actually is. He grows up knowing he's supposed to be this thing, and he has to deal with that. He he yeah. He has to meet his father who's younger than him and make the choice to send him back in time he there's so many interesting like drama like ideas to, to explore with john connor and you can how take... do you make him like how do you make this movie where he doesn't come off as john rambo the problem is that in this movie he does not have an arc he does not make a choice to be that john connor all you have to do to make that john connor is have a journey where he's not that and chooses to become that it chooses to accept the responsibility and he never okay. does the problem in this That's movie the pro but i don't think we will ever get a movie where we see him no, being no, no, as badass as his mother in this film there is no decision by him at any point he is just already what he is and what that is is kind of dull and not really the leader yet but he's also not like, like he needs to be reluctant he needs to be someone who is scared of his responsibilities is who th who doubts himself and thinks that he's not this leader he needs to think oh, that that's, see that that's ridiculous and then he needs to like go through a journey where even if he doesn't really believe it he he, he sees that other people need to believe in someone he makes the choice right he basically this is a weird thing but it's basically superman he has to make the choice to make give other people hope and because of that he has to stand up and be this character he's essentially playing a role of himself it's not that this savior john connor is really the john connor that exists it's the idea of john connor and he knows he has to be that okay. for people like you can write this you can yeah, make john okay, connor fine. compelling him, and this movie doesn't do it yeah okay maybe you can do that maybe you can make him the symbol you can do the the luke skywalker at the end of the last jedi which i know you hate that reference but because yes. you don't like the star wars movies but <laughs> but i think that's i think that's a good example of of somebody living up to their myth because he just basically becomes a myth and therefore he can never disappoint people because he's a myth now he's he's part of stories and yes but Legends, here's the difference. He will always be holier than thou. But here's the difference with that and why I think that doesn't work in the same way is because Luke Skywalker, we already saw him become the hero. We already saw him. Like the idea of his myth is something we already saw happen and like people cared about. For, you know, whether that's right or wrong, whether like, you'd agree with what Last Jedi did or not. The thing with John Connor is though, is that it would work on a meta level because John Connor to us as the, the, the viewer, to the audience, has been a myth because we've only heard about this great John Connor, this great leader in the future who saves humanity. You know, we hear what Kyle thinks of him. We, we don't actually get to meet him yet. So the idea that he's struggling with this image of him that people have of him, it would be this meta thing where it's like, like this idea of the character trying to live up to what the audience expects of him and the idea that no he can't really ever be that and he has to accept that and just try anyway and he becomes it not because he actually is it but just because he it, like just by doing the things he needs to do he kind of becomes it without realizing it that you know, the story's there and i think anyone who just writes it off and says you can't do a good terminator movie without sarah connor it's like no i know why you're saying that i know that she's great and because but here's why she's great she's great because james cameron wrote a movie about sarah connor he gave her a story he gave her an arc all that john connor needs to actually function as an arc is a story that builds him up has him learn something and become something and this movie does you nothing with him he's james cameron it needs James Cameron, or it needs someone who is a a, a real like writer. <laughs> it is a good writer. 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm good enough to actually write this story. I'm saying that conceptually, I can see what the building blocks of a good John Connor Terminator story is, and I just the this movie doesn't even try to do any of it. Yeah. Uh, John Connor is the worst part of this film because he's so disappointing as a character, in yeah, in more than one way. And I, we've already discussed. I think that's the biggest problem of the <clears throat> film. It's just he's just a soldier. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time yelling. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh dear, and it's not as bad as Terminator Three. It's not. It's just mediocre, but. Here's the thing, Terminator 1 and 2 are goddamn masterpieces. They are the best of what they can be. And I think there is potential for, for a good future war movie or even a future war trilogy. But now everyone's too scared to try it because this movie didn't do that well. And it's not, you know, both commercially and as, as a, just as its quality as a film. And I think, you know, so they go back to what Terminator... And I don't necessarily mind going back to the time travel stuff. Like, that's fine. That's what Terminator is to a point. But, um... Do we know the the plot or the premise of Dark Fate? Um, there's speculation. Um, would you like to hear my speculation? Which, if it's right, is a spoiler, but it's, it's just speculation, so I don't know if I'm right. Yes. <laughs> I oh. mean, the speculations not are not spoilers. Okay, so 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 Judgment Day has not happened yet. It's 2019. And because Judgment Day never happened in the time frame it was supposed to, not even remotely, uh, John Connor is never going to be the saviour now because he's already old. And I think them casting Edward Furlong and announcing it, and he's not in any of the trailers, he's not. he doesn't seem to have a big role, I think it's because he dies. I think it's because he dies early on. And he dies to prove to us... I mean, he hasn't been working in a long time. Well, yeah, well, that's my point, though, is that if, if he was going to be a big role, you wouldn't cast him. You'd cast that actual actor. But And isn't he kind of like like frumpy <laughs> sure well yeah but like, like you're missing the point of what i'm saying the point i want to say is is that he's got a small well, role saying, no, no i'm saying you're right because he he's if they're casting him it's because they don't need him to look like a hero yeah he's, he's got a small role because he's going to be killed and the reason why he's going to be killed is to prove that the future has changed that what we knew the future about john connor saving everyone isn't true and that's why there's a new woman who needs to be protected with a kid and that's why in the trailer sarah connor says I used to be her because I used to mm. be the one who needed to have her kid be saved. Um, I think that's what the premise is for me. So I think it's, you know, you know why we have this new fancy Terminator that can duplicate. You know, what is Mackenzie Davis character who's a Terminator but also kind of human? Which for some reason, why is that a thing again? Why, why is she this... looks like she looks like Marcus, right? Yeah, she looks like it's going to be a similar thing to Marcus, which is like, it feels weird that they're doing that again. Like, why are they obsessed with like trying this? I guess it's, I don't know. It's weird to me. I don't know. They got old Arnold back in too, so yeah. Um, is it, it's there's a lot those, of ideas they're recycling. And this is one of these things where, like, I hate one of the things I hate about the Halloween sequel or the sequel, the, the remake, is that it completely misses the point of what makes makes Michael Myers the shape scary. Is that he is just this unpersonal killing machine, and there's no reason for him to be what he is. And they try to add all this sympathetic garbage to make you understand why he grew up the way he did. Blah blah blah. It's terrible. And I don't think this is doing this to the same extent, but. I do think this obsession with like making a human Terminator hybrid is kind of trying to add humanity to it. When I'm like, no, what made the Terminator Two so special about about Arnold like gaining feelings is that no, he is just a machine, and it's the story of like no, a machine can learn this, a machine can become more human. Um, you know, 
which I guess kind of ties into my whole thing about Skynet not having a voice and stuff. Is that no, I want it to be less human. I want that to be the point. Is that it's less human. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not judging the movie before I see it. Like I, I'm fine with the idea in general. It's just it's weird to me they're doing it again. Like I like I like Mackenzie Davis a lot. Yeah, me too. No, I liked her in San Junipero, my favorite episode of Black Mirror, and uh, I I really like I love I'll even say um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I am not what... a Blade Runner fan at all. I mean, I like twenty forty nine. Um, there was some parts of it that were underwhelming to me, and I I want a Jared Leto cut where he's cut out the movie, like all his scenes are just gone. Uh, because a it's Jared like, Leto cut sounds like you just want a cut of Jared Leto. Okay, I want the <laughs> like an- just the scenes of Jared Leto. I want the anti Jared Leto cut. Okay, I'll say it that way. Um, because like a the movie's three hours long, we could do with like cutting down a bit. And his like his like two or three scenes are easily the two or three worst scenes in the movie that add nothing. So yeah, give them all. I'm neutral towards it. Give them all. I think it's just your disdain of Jared Leto <clears throat> that makes you not like it. No, because he's not the real... Like, I don't want to debate. <laughs> this, this well, is, we're going to watch that movie yeah, eventually. This is a discussion for the Blade Runner 2049 episode, with what I was about to fire into. Um, and I've ranted enough about... we probably watch before Dune, huh? <laughs> Would you like to do the... I wish we have to do the first Blade Runner, though, as well. Um, whatever, it's one film. <laughs> <laughs> Fame. Um... I'm sure people expect us to do the original Blade Runner on a science fiction <laughs> movie podcast. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, I guess there's there's a lot of conceptual things about Terminator that I really like. With stuff that I love about the first two, not even a plot that says, just just spiritual things that this movie kind of betrays in a lot of little ways. Not in a big way, just in a lot of little ways. Although the big one is Skynet having a face and a voice. Um, and obviously we don't care about uh, John Connor because like they've not actually give him a story. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I guess we're kind of done uh, going through the movie, but uh, yeah, I- I've made my case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you like it? Yeah, it's meh. <laughs> <laughs> like that, but there is moments like, like some of the Terminator stuff at the end, but John Connor's like fighting the Terminator and running away from it. I like the intention. It's hard not to get into that scene. Yeah, and they intentionally do the thing that looks like uh, in Terminator Two when Sarah puts John in the little elevator in the steel mill. Uh, they do the same moment here where he puts uh, Kale Reese in the little elevator and he's going up and he's like, who are you? As he's, as he's going up so the shot's looking down at him and he's like, John Connor! And I'm like, um, you know, like, that, that's a fine moment. There's nothing wrong with that. And I just I just wish that it, everything before these scenes were, were good and that the, the Skynet stuff wasn't there. Um, you know, because there's a moment where, where when uh, Kale, or, not Kale, uh, when John or Marcus is sneaking in uh, to the base there's a moment where they just get in the door and then this T six hundred like walks past and looks around and then what keeps walking and I'm like yeah this is the feeling I want I want this atmosphere I want this mm-hmm. atmosphere of like yeah these dangerous terminators are around and you're screwed at any moment that's what I mm-hmm. want I love Michael Ironside but he's 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 miscasting this movie <laughs> yeah he belongs in a B film he's great in I B love movies. him too but he's got yeah. the face and the voice and he's he's typecast as yeah, the, like the B movie, macho, military guy. Hey, one one know? day we'll do Turbo Kid, and we'll talk about a good Michael Ironside. Uh, one day we're gonna do Starship Troopers, and we're gonna talk about a great <laughs> Michael Ironside. Ah, <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers. That was right at the time when Denise Richards was the the hottest thing in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. it was very exciting. Coach hours. 
Yeah. That's all everybody ever remembered from that film. Yeah, yeah. That said, uh, the other girl, uh, the girl, uh, the other actress in it, um, who I actually ended up knowing. The curly-haired one. Yeah, she's actually in a lot more stuff that I've seen since. Uh, Dana Meyer, her name is. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's actually in a movie we did for Screams called The Evil Within, which was this movie that this eccentric billionaire made on his own. And it's, it's batshit. He died before he finished editing it. Um, I recommend checking that review out, the Screams After Midnight episode. But she's in that. It's kind of proof that he had the money to hire real actors. It's not like he had like his friends acting in it. <laughs> cool. But it's batshit insane. It's a unique film. It's uh, it, it's one of those things you, you watch, like like The Room, where it's like so unique because of like how it was made. Like It's never going to be like matched in any way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, Salvation is a mediocre movie with some nice moments and ideas, but ultimately kind of misses the point of what the movie's supposed to be trying to do um mm-hmm. and feels like a, a misfire because of that uh that's how, that's how i feel about it i don't want to put words in your mouth i've been yelling at you a lot i've been yelling over you a lot this episode and i apologize for it because i'm really i'm really passionate and it, i know uh, and i don't take any of it personally sometimes sometimes you say things unless you call me old i, I guess so worked up talking about this franchise i really do I so know. But hey, hopefully it makes for, go for a walk after this. Hopefully it makes for an entertaining discussion. Hopefully it makes for an enjoyable <laughs> listen. I hope so anyway. Uh but anyway, uh, I guess we're at the point now where we're gonna rate the movie. Yeah, I think so. We're gonna rate it. Uh so Tara, what are you rating Terminator Salvation? Uh okay. Well, yeah, you kinda gave a really great summary at the end there. <laughs> I will add that I don't I don't hate watching the movie. I think it's I think it's just this anomaly of a film in a franchise that sticks out like a sore thumb because it's just the tone is so different from the rest of the films. Like even the third movie, yeah, it was like a weird comedy that was almost making fun of itself in the franchise because it couldn't live up to the first two. But it still sort of looked like it belonged in that universe. And this one does not at all. So it's just this bizarre little what-if story <laughs> of a Terminator franchise, which it kind of makes it worth watching, I think. Um, I love the stuff at the end, where it's just like this hint of what the film could have been if it chose to make it an actual Terminator story. <laughs> and uh, I do hate all the stuff with John Connor. He's the worst part of the film because he's so disappointing. He is miscast and misdirected. And um, and uh, that does bring it down quite a bit. But overall, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Okay, okay. Oh, I actually want to pick up some, something you said there. Uh, you said that Terminator 2 looks like more like it belongs in the franchise than, than Salvation does. And it's funny, I think it's kind of 50-50. I, I think there's moments in Salvation that looks like it's more of a Terminator movie than Terminator 3 ever was. You know, there's like the stuff where the T-600s are like sort of like skulking around and looking for people... That, that kind of mm-hmm. almost horror moments feels more like a Terminator movie to me than 3 ever did, but I get what you're saying because it's, it, you know, it's it's got this grey look to it and it's all this war movie, bollocks, and yeah. Um, so, anyway, I, am I, uh, it's tough for me to rate this. It is, because it's not as bad as 3. There are some things in it I like. Uh, I hate the use of music. Uh, the, the lack of the main theme. I hate... Skynet having a face and a voice is like one of the most like instant F you moments in a movie to me. That this is you know how like um we always joke about like nerds getting angry at shit and I always bring up Batman v Superman as me getting angry and 
like Star Wars nerds, you know, the, the, there's all these all the talks of the moments they hate in the the prequels mm-hmm. or even the new movies. Like some of the some of the idiots who like get really misogynist or whatever about Last Jedi and stuff like that. Like yeah, and and they are. and they yell about like this this moment makes them you know hate hate it. And, oh, I hate this moment. It's so stupid. Yeah, I hate to compare myself to these people, but. Skynet having a face and a voice is kind of like that moment for me. I mean, I don't react the way they do, but I'm like, inside I'm seething. I'm like, what are you doing, movie? No, I mean, you're right to be (laughs) mad about it, though, because it's like you just want to tell the writers to be like, no, watch the movies again because you missed it. You missed the point. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say this, though. I will say this. McG did make The Babysitter, and I greatly enjoyed that fun little movie. So make more like that, McG. Make your fun little horror comedy B movies because you're actually better at that. Um. I had fun with that. That was a delightful little film. Uh, but I'm going to give this a straight 5 out of 10. I think I can go super low because it's not a complete mess, but it does a lot of things to piss me off. It kind of misses the point. Uh, the aesthetic being what they are is kind of you know, annoying and like, why? <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of points in this movie where I just kept going, why? Why this? Why that? Why, why was this choice made? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? <laughs> I think watching the film back to back with the rest of the franchise mm. makes it worse. Sure. But then watching it just as a standalone film, because it is so standalone, just tonally, you know? Tonally, yeah. It does it does reference them a lot though. There's definitely a lot of franchise kind of connections and stuff. Yeah, but you can kind of watch a move like a Terminator movie on its own. Like you know who John Connor is, you know who Sarah Connor is, you know who the Terminator is, and that's enough, you know. Oh sure, but like it's impossible not to like because because you're a fan of the other movies, it's impossible not to recognize the 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 song playing, the lines, the I'll be back, the you know all the little things they do to reference the previous movies. It's impossible not to like notice them when you watch it. I mean, I don't think I noticed it when I watched it in the theater because they weren't. I mean, I watched the first two films a lot when I was a kid, but when mm. the Salvation came out, like it, I it had been a while since I had watched those films, and. You know, I didn't pick up on the song when I watched it and stuff like that. Maybe like the "Come with Me If You Want to Live" and "I'll Be Back" line I picked up on, but it's not necessary for the movie to work. Oh sure, um, I certainly did though when I saw it the first time, and <laughs> you know, and the references. Honestly, the, most of the references are okay, but it, they're like, pretty subtle. I think. I think the "I'll Be Back" is a big moment, and I think like. It, the only reason it doesn't work is because they've not built up the character enough. Because I want to care. I want to, I want to care about John Connor going on a rogue mission to save Kyle Reese. I want to care about that. That this movie should be building up to him no, finding out about Kyle and being like, "Shit, I need to save him." And that should be the big third act of the movie. And it kind of is in a weird way, but not in the way that it makes it work. So yeah. anyway, uh, so that is a uh, Terminator Salvation, uh, or two-hour epic <laughs> on Terminator Salvation is complete. Um, I think so, all of these have been over two hours. All the Terminator ones. No, no. Uh, one was like an over forty something, and that had a Mystery Science Theater section, so technically it was only about ninety minutes. Um, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Terminator Two, I think, was a little bit longer, and then Three was like two hours ten, and this has been well, we're hitting two hours just now. So by the time we outro, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where we're at. But um, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, Terminator Genesis. I would just book it. That's going to be two hours long. I'm just. I'm telling you right now, this going to be two hours long. There is no Mark way. Calendars. There's no way in hell that it's going to be shorter than this. What is that? Three weeks from now. I think two yeah. weeks. 
Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks sounds right. Um, so there you go. That's uh, Terminator Salvation. I'm still rooting for Dark Fate. I'm rooting for you. I, 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 want... I, I hope. I hope so. I really. I, I want something good. I want us to. Do the sad part is though is that Dark Fate could be like a six out of ten and still be the best sequel since two. That is so yeah. depressing. <laughs> the bar is not that high. I mean, the first two films are great, and they have Sarah Connor as the centerpiece, so we know she's back. Yes, but that's just one more thing they can ruin. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, so no, uh, let us know what you think of Terminator Salvation. Do you think I've been far too harsh? Maybe I have been. I don't know. Um, but I think ultimately, just to sum up, it's kind of hollow. It doesn't really earn its big character moments, and as a result, it feels hollow. So Terminator Salvation, yeah. everyone. Um, I have just killed my voice. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments. You can like and you can subscribe. Uh, we mentioned Patreon early on, of course. Uh, Patreon.com slash TV. Go over there if you want to support us. You can also support us by rating the podcast on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts being the most common one. Give us five stars. Helps more people find us. Uh, it recommends us out a lot more often. So go do that. Um, otherwise, Tara, why don't you promote some other stuff that we do? Oh, why? If you enjoy science fiction... Um, Peter and I are going through the entirety of the original series of the Twilight Zone. And possibly... <laughs> so you can po- check out our reviews on that. Hey, possibly more than the original when we get there. We just, we'll make that choice when we finish the original. <laughs> possibly more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe even other shows. Yeah, maybe we'll shift gear. Maybe instead of going straight on to like the 80s Twilight Zone, we'll do like the Outer Limits next. You know, we'll, we'll shake it up a little bit. Go another one. I think the Outer Limits was originally like a pretty old show too but i only watched the one in the 90s okay and that one taught me a lot about the human body it was a good show <laughs> it was on it like hbo okay <laughs> <laughs> that'd be uh, fun to go back to <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe. hey I, I watched carrie today that that was telling me a lot about the human body um <laughs> it's got my girl in it yeah, Nancy Allen, uh, and hey, all let's talk about Nancy Allen. We have to do RoboCop soon. I know, I love RoboCop. Neil Blomkamp. I mean, I watched it last week. Neil Blomkamp. Because <laughs> I love it. Dropped out the sequel though, so the sequel's not like it may still happen, but not with Neil Blomkamp. He dropped out. So depressed. Really? Yeah, I think oh. so. Yeah. I mean, for my money, he's only made one good movie, and granted, it's great. Yeah, District Nine is fantastic. The other movies he's made are just garbage. I know you like them, but hey, do you know what they all are? They're all science fiction. Un- unwatchable. <laughs> they're all science fiction, which means they're all going to happen. Ugh. Next time, Blomkamp's well, got. It's not going to happen soon because he's not making a movie anytime soon. Next time he's got a movie coming out, we're doing the Blomkamp filmography. Just you wait. Ugh. I'm looking forward <laughs> to the first one. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, check out uh, Twilight Zone uh, reviews. Uh, you can also check out the horror movie podcast that I do with Tim called Screams After Midnight. In fact, when is this going up? Because um, it'll probably be October by now. Because uh, how far we record these are the bads. So this is there. Yeah. So uh, during October, October thought twenty nineteen episode of Screams After Midnight every <laughs> single day, every single day. Just you wait, guys. It's coming. Plus a special live stream called Streams After Midnight. Whoa. On the 
let me just double check the date. I don't want to say the wrong one. On the 21st of October, Monday the 21st of October. Um, you Why, get, clear your calendars. Me and Tim <laughs> together live. We'll do some Q&A. We'll watch a movie with you guys. We'll do Pieces, the film, so you don't have it. You can check it out. Get, your, get, get a hold of a copy of it. And you uh, could get that on Monday the 21st of October at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern, 2 a.m. UK. That's the time zones. Whoa. Look forward to it, guys. It's coming. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's all we're plugging uh, for, for, for the day. Uh, so thank you very much once again for uh, joining us on this Radfield uh, journey through Terminator Salvation. Uh, we will see you guys next time for The Invisible Man, uh, which was the vote winner for the month. So we're going to do that next week. However, thank you, voters. Yes, um, I thought I was going. I was going to promote the new movie that's coming out, but this will actually come out after that goes up, so there's no point. Uh, Ad Astra nope. got reviewed, so you can go check out that. That was like an extra episode <laughs> that was off schedule that we just threw up right away. That wasn't out earlier at that on Patreon because it was new. It was brand new. It was a new release, so that'll happen occasionally. We haven't done one of those yet, so cool. Yeah, although technically we have with Ad Astra. Oh. <laughs> yeah, technically we're. In a weird- prequel sequel yeah i mean technically next month we should do gemini man but i really don't want to see it at theaters those trailers are not good i mean i'll do it but it's a whole video and it's cheaper you made a person from a person like <laughs> yeah that's how babies are born yeah <laughs> yes. that line doesn't make any sense yeah hey that was picard's argument in the uh the uh measure of a man they said data was made by a human being and he's like so are other humans <laughs> <laughs> anyway um that is uh that has been uh terminal salvation so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi movies guys and we will see you next time and that's not my outro on this computer at salsa yum yum